Everybody and welcome to episode 461 of Conversation Street. We're going to be talking about the episodes of Corrie between the 8th and the 12th of March 2021 today. That is episodes 10,262 to, no it's not, 10,267 to 10,262. Hello, hello. Oh my gosh, I don't even know this, numbers. Look, Does anybody like care? It's this week's episodes we're talking about. This is like last month, last week when I said it was February. It, yeah, it is. You, you, just, I your, you definitely got this right this week. I double checked and I was like, I'm not going to get caught out again. <laughs> I mean, but at least I've got the right numbers in front of me. I can't read them. How are you? I am Michael, one of your hosts, and she is Gemma, the other one. It's spoiler Hello. free podcast. How are you doing? It is. It's so spoiler free that in our bonus podcast this week, we don't even reveal the sad, sad news because we didn't know it at the time that the person that we're interviewing, Jack James Ryan, has sadly left Coronation Street. I had a lovely, lovely chat with him last night. Um, we had a we had a nice video call, so um, you can go and check that out over on our YouTube channel. I seriously recommend that, but you can of course listen to it if you so prefer. And uh, yeah, yeah, well, I, I just was so um, we were so impressed by um, his performance and the character of Jacob on Coronation Street over the past month that we decided to to get him on the podcast for a you know a, a, a little wee chat. A, a little wee chat. Um, strike him while the iron's hot, you know, the, the man of the moment. And, um, yeah, I didn't realise that we'd be seeing his final episode. So, Look, um, come on. Well, I know that we've talked about that in the intro for the bonus, but people might be listening to this soon. So go and have a listen to that. He was absolutely lovely and charming and wonderful. And we've had some nice text message conversations since. Oh, but, um, I text him. Go and He's have a listen. He's lovely. <laughs> and go and sign that Boasting. hashtag bring back... Um, Jacob petition along with Henry, of course. Yes, yeah, bring back Henry too. Bring them all back. And bring get all, rid of, bring like, back all the people that we liked that were only in yeah. it for a little bit. Get, that, yeah, I, I, and and also get bring back Lolly. What, get, yeah, bring Lolly. back Lolly while you're there Where's as well. Lolly? Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, Lolly could take Daisy on. She totally could. Oh my god, I would, I would actually love to see some scenes with Lolly versus Daisy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be epic? Oh, why yeah. have they? Come on, this is a trick. Why do they? Why do you take away all the characters that we like? Coronation Street. Oh come Street. on, we've got plenty one of no, I know, that we but do. But there's like. all these little short-term characters that we really like, and then they go. Well, maybe it's because when they're in it why for too long, they get boring. <laughs> I know, but oh, maybe. Maybe, it maybe it is. I don't know, but I mean, it is too. They they bring there's the so many you know short short-term characters in well, Coronation Street, aren't there? a testament there? to the calibre of the acting quality in this country, I would say. Yeah, there's lots and lots of short-term characters, but there's only a few that, you know, really, really stand out. And um, honestly, Lolly, Henry, and now Jacob are just up there for us. And they're also characters that not everybody like. They're all Marmite characters, aren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's enough blue rubber with that. Don't forget to listen to that later, or even better, go and listen to it now, because um, it's lovely. <sighs> right, quiz time. Oh, fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the. Uh, that's the, the, that's the way it goes. Quiz time. This that's was what questions. Oh, we've um, got a good cabin extra coming up later, everybody. Skip forward to the end. I'm dead excited to talk about that. Sorry, quiz. Quiz. Things that happened between the 9th and the 12th of March and years ending in a one and a six. Source from coronationstreet.fandom.com. Question number one. Gemma has told me that I'm not going to like this quiz tonight. She says it's hard. There's hard ones and there's stupidly easy ones. Okay. Okay. Um, 
I, I look, I've got a disclaimer. What? This is going to really upset everybody. I really am not bothered about Coronation Street anymore. I'm sick of it. What? <laughs> I'm totally sick of it at the moment. I can't cope. I can't cope anymore. Uh, it's too much. I, I'm not interested in it anymore. I quit. No, you do not quit. I do, I quit. I'm sick of it. It's just not think got, it's going through I've a not so good the patch. absolute limit of my patience. I, I, this week I didn't like it. I'm bored of it. Yeah, I liked it more this week. <laughs> so this was work. This uh, doing this quiz was hard because I was like, nah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, I'm Look, sorry to break this to you. How long have we been but, doing this podcast? But you got another three hours or so. How long have we been doing this podcast? Eight and a half years. I think I'm entitled to every now and then go. Oh man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I'm burnt out. I'm just burnt out. I I'm... just need a break. Well, we can't have one. I know I can't. Right, <laughs> nine. <laughs> 9th of March, 1981. I will try to be enthusiastic, everybody, but, you know, it's just... You can be enthusiastically critical. My has cracked slightly now. I'm just on my knees. Oh. <laughs> right, 9th of March, 1981. What pact did Arlo Swain try to make Emily enter into? Suicide pact. I don't think there are very many other sorts of pacts. <laughs> Blood um, brothers. Okay. <laughs> this is the one you'll complain about. But I'm telling you, there's no, there's no adjudicator for this podcast. No. Abby's here, but I think she's going to say nobody. Silent. There's nobody to complain to. 10th of March, 1976. Hilda Ogden and Deirdre Langton complete a prize-winning trolley dash and grab £107.32 pence worth of goods. How much is that in today's money? <laughs> oh, that's, that's not a trivia question. Shut up, just answer it. How much was it then? £107.32 pence in 1976. Um, uh, £500. No. How much? And surprisingly, you got that wrong. £788. That's quite a lot of money, isn't it? I wonder what she got. I quite like to watch that. I like trolley dashes. I know. Um, 10th of March, 2011. What was the real reason that Tina and Graham Proctor, Tina McIntyre and Graham Proctor, staged a breakup in the Rovers? Um, So that he could then move on to date Sheen, who he was trying... So that she... Um, he could marry her and stop her from being deported, but yes. sadly everything went wrong and he actually fell, actually fell in love I with her. I would say it all went right. Yeah. You know, what's wrong about love, Michael? Oh, Graham was a bit of a, a, bit of a Jacob Bring as well, wasn't he? Bring back Sheen and Graham. Um, same, same time, le- oh no, 11th of March, sorry, 2011. Sophie Webster is contemplating suicide. This was a very suicidal week. <laughs> yeah. There's a few other questions as well. Um, She's contemplating suicide, so she gets on the roof of which building, only to be talked down and then fall off anyway. Toss the church. Yeah, the church. It, do you know what the church's name was? St Mary's Church? No, Weatherfield oh. Fellowship Church. Okay. 11th of March, 2001. What is the number of this episode? Oh, come on. Come on, come on. Um, episode... You know it's going to be something significant. Otherwise I wouldn't ask you. 5,000. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> Such a moany little get you are. Thank you for the clue. 12th of March, 2006. Gail worries about who is sending the Richard Hillman cards. Who does it turn out to be? David. And why is it strange that Richard is sending them at all? He's dead. <laughs> yeah. See, I, see this, was, this was so hard to do, this quiz. Why? Well, when it, you can tell when I found it difficult because the answers is just all obvious. <laughs> so right, I'm not going to complain about obvious answers. Twelfth of March, two thousand and six. Why are the residents distressed when Mike returns from Spain? What year? Two thousand and six. Um, 
Why are they distressed? Mm. Uh, I've got no idea. Because he is um, suffering from Alzheimer's. Oh, the Alzheimer's. Oh, yeah, 2006. Very. Yeah, he would have been, wouldn't he? He would have been, but you didn't know the answer. So he wouldn't. He, he only had a few it. months left then. Six out of eight. That's all right. Eight questions. That's also how I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was got I a like birthday. You. I like that. Um, actually, coming up that trivia quiz, that website that I found the other day. That was good because I I didn't have to take responsibility for the questions. <laughs> Birthdays. Thirteenth of March is David Nielsen. He plays Roy Cropper. Fourteenth of March, writer and actor Alec Hayes. And I like the way that Alec is spelt. How is it? Alec. Alec. It's like it's just oh. how you spell it. Alec. Alec. Fifteenth of March, Dawn Acton, who is Tracy Barlow the third. Amy and Emily Walton, who are the first actresses to portray Bethany Platt, and Ellie Leach, who is Faye Windass. All of their birthdays. Happy birthday, all of them. 16th of March, director Tristan Dever Cole. Melanie Kilburn, who played Evelyn Elliott. Denise Black, who played Denise Osborne. Jonathan Rather, who played Joe Carter. And Aisha Darko, who played Tara Mandel. And on the 19th of March, Lisa Lewis, who played Shirley Armitage. What a lot of people. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to, to them. you. Right. I think we better get cracking and talking about this Coronation Street week that you hated so much then, haven't we? Are you ready for it? Oh, my soul is tired. Well, wake it up because <laughs> it's time to chat. Right, let's do some street talk. We have got seven stories to chat about in this week's Coronation Street, starting with petering out. Um... Blimey, you said earlier in the podcast that this week was dull for you, and I was I was feeling a bit more positive on it. But Wednesday's episode that was the that was a slog that Look, was. I, Thanks very I'm much to this storyline. Blaming anyone but myself for this. You're not blaming me. That's not. That's yeah. not I don't know what the you do about it. What you, you mean? You, you said that this week's car was you, you're kind of down. I don't it. even was know it, if it was good or bad. Was it was it the mix of stories? No, or, I don't. Or was I think just, I just I'm just no no more no. We, we, we're doing no more. more we're also then talking about we've got the size supplies story slash the oh my goth story because they kind of merged beautifully this week um we i mean they, and they were the two big stories and everything else was was pretty small we had the tele sales and marketing the downward dobs the jeff free metcalf happy ever after is my new storyline title for the week which is kevin and sally's upcoming nuptials and finally we had there he's new run 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 he's new run run which you can only <laughs> keep going for so long because he is not particularly new run run anymore but never mind they're still waiting to get started properly on his story so i'm going to keep calling it that also you could use that if he was very cerebral hmm? new run oh yeah <laughs> that could be that could be a superhero name if he was really smart <laughs> now because i really really did enjoy the simon um leanne jacob and teenage girls story this week oh, actually did i did i thought it was great um i i and, and you have not first about any of them particularly no. i'm gonna at least Bagsy, that Simon storyline, which means sadly for you, you got to do the Peter one. When I was watching the Simon story earlier today, I was like, and and Liam was like, oh my God, Simon, we have to go to the police. How? And Tom was like, we can't. And I was like, oh my, I'm so tired. (laughs) Oh, you're making me tired. You've had a tiring week or something. I haven't. Petering out. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. That's enough about you. Right, what about Peter? Monday. He's, he's fed up with being babysat, he tells Carla. And then she sees Steve and says, I'm really worried. I think we should babysit him more. And Peter says to Steve, can I please have some shifts at streetcars? Not give in me the driving to do. car, silly. I'm not going to drive. I'm just going to answer the phone. Anyone, any idiot can do that. All right, Eileen. 
I um, think when Pete, because Peter's a, an ex Navy man, when he answers the phone, it's ahoy hoy. Yeah, well, classic way. I think that's well, legally how you're supposed to do it if you've been into been into Navy. Um, Nick tells Carla that Peter needs to actually do something about his son because Leanne's getting worried and she's she's almost as tired of it as I am. <laughs> Simon sees oh, so Peter's wobbling around trying to get. He's decided to go to Roy's to get some coffee to start his shift at the streetcars. And Simon sees him wobbling around and he's really shocked. He's just like, yeah, he's lurching down the road, you know, right arm out. I think he throws the the coffee on the floor by accident. And he's like, oh, it's just how it is when you've got alcohol withdrawal. Don't worry, Simon, I'm fine. I'm I'm getting better. To streetcars and he doesn't actually even go there in the end. I think he goes home. Yes, he does. Lucas... Oh, Lucas, he's back. Creepy weirdo. He he didn't come in as a creepy character particularly when he was introduced month we'll or so about ago. Him in a minute. But yeah, he's definitely gone. He's definitely up there now. Um, he comes in for a meeting with Carla, and he's like, "Oh, isn't Peter horrible? Why don't we go somewhere more relaxed to talk about our business?" Um, Simon sees Ken in the street and says, "I'm worried about him. I'm worried about my dad." And Ken says, "Let's go and have a lovely cup of tea at Roy's and catch up." Because I haven't spoken to you for ages and I wonder how your drugs are doing. No, that's the wrong story. Lucas and Carla are in the Rovers and he's like, oh, I know what it's like to be going out with an addict. They always choose their addiction over their family and their loved ones. It's really tough. don't know how you cope. You're you're worth more than this. You're wonderful and he's just horrible. Um, Ken tells Simon that um, everything will be fine and he can always talk to Ken. And Simon's like, oh, that's great because he's one of the main characters. Steve goes back to number one and he finds Peter huffing and puffing on the sofa looking incredibly sick. I, I, think, I think they accidentally swapped Molly Gallagher and Chris Gascoigne's um, makeup around I this I think they week. were sharing it, to be honest. <laughs> he looked so, she, so she was giving ghastly, him tips. didn't he? Um, Just put on the purple lipstick to finish it off, Chris. <laughs> it would have looked quite metal if he had had lipstick on, actually. <laughs> he, looked, he did look like a corpse man, didn't he? It's like... Uh, I, it's reached the stage where it's like, is that is he really supposed to look that way, or is it because you know Chris was doing his own makeup because that's how they're doing it <laughs> at the moment? It's like, or, or did it have to be put on like that because it's you know for the cameras? He just looked. He looked. I don't think he's really sick, Michael. He looked like a sheep. Yes. Um, Steve immediately decides that he's had something to drink. He's back on the source and he is absolutely disgusted. Can with I just him. give you a little spoiler for the end of this street talk? Steve McDonald is not. Getting character of the week this week. No, Steve McDonald, what the hell were you on this week? He's a horrible... More on that later. Naughty, naughty boy. Um, he's just really... Um, this This is always what happens, though. When a character's in the wrong, they're always in the wrong to, like, the nth degree. They never they never sort of subtly hedge their bets, do they? Or or sort of give any, give any room for doubt. They always just steamroller in there to make it as worse as possible. Um, so that the... Yeah... Like it was, in a time you're right. It's cliche, but this week as I, we'll talk about it more later. But th- this was the worst. I was, oh, Steve, I hated. Uh, maybe it the reason I had such a problem was that everyone was just being so despicable, and it wasn't even funny and dramatic. You know, like I normally like, I don't really mind it when people are horrible because you can sort of go, ha ha ha. At least um, they're not being mean to me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but this week I was just like, everyone's. I feel Were like... you one of the people on the sidelines of the playground when the bully was kicking seven fouls out of the pool? Yeah, go on. No, I was going, scrap, scrap. That's what you're supposed to do, <laughs> scrap. Um, I was just, this week was just so disheartening. 
Oh, in, it's such in real life nice that sometimes that we can on have. television. It was literally, it's like, I wish you could just cut this week out and throw it in the bin. Um, so yeah, Steve wasn't wasn't helping. Um, he was he was being very sanctimonious, locking all the doors. Yes, that's the word. Um, he's saying you're not having a drink on my watch. Um, uh, oh, so Lucas is talking about oh he's being he's being sanctimonious as well. Oh, I exercise every day. I go uh, uh, apart from he runs five miles every morning. Apart from the weekends, where he goes mountain climbing or mountain biking. Um, and uh, Pete, Carla's like got, he's got a six pack, hasn't he? Apparently, he's like, <laughs> oh, like, I just don't, I don't like the idea of the of the alternative. How rude! <laughs> what in, having a lion? <laughs> and he's got a shaved chest, doesn't he, Carla? Like, I bet you, yeah. I bet you shave your chest. And he's like, well, you know, no, I mean, no. Look, if you do that, good. You're obviously a better human being than all of us lazy assholes, but. Um, if somebody said that to me and they were trying to impress me as like a potential future, like date or partner, I'd check out. I'm not interested in that <laughs> at all. I know. Anyway, if she's going out with Peter, then maybe she likes a bit of you know thing to grab onto. Yeah. Pe- grab her fingers through. Yeah, but he's just saying I'm sober, and Steve's like, "No, you're not." And he goes, he gets a call, and he has to leave. So he locks him in. He's like, "Yo, I'm not letting you out to go on the booze again." Whenever oh. anybody gets locked in the house on the soap, they something just, will go wrong. They just wrong. almost immediately nearly die. Yeah. How is this possible? <laughs> like, uh, every, the rest of the time, they're perfectly fine and autonomous and, you know, no no danger whatsoever. But as soon as that door gets locked, they're like, the knives come out, they start stabbing themselves in the face by accident, <laughs> licking chemicals out of the, out of the sink. <laughs> um... <laughs> So anyway, um, Carla's, Carla goes to check on Pete. No, she's supposed to go and check on Peter, but she doesn't. She goes off for a drink with Lucas in town. She does She does need a little bit of arm twisting, to be fair. He's, well, he's like, well, go on, go on, go really on. He's really strong, so he can just, like, dislocate <laughs> her, her arm. Um, Steve comes back later, and Steve and Peter saying, I need an ambulance. And Peter, and, and Steve says, no you don't need an ambulance, you need to stop drinking. And then he mentions, this is this was when Peter and Steve suddenly remembers that he had a, a dead kid and he starts acting all, um, sat, like, taking it out on Peter, like, saying, oh, how come Oliver died and you didn't, basically? Yeah. My son could have lived and you're here with your, with your health, throwing your health away and drinking when he didn't even get a chance and you've been given so many chances and you've thrown them away. And so Peter, Peter says, oh, he's, he's, he's Oliver. Yeah. Which I thought was like, <laughs> um, he gets really It would have been worse if he just said that to Michelle about Rory. Well, this was the week that Steve joined the My Son Club, which is Michelle and Sean's um special one yeah. that they that they have together but Matt, now Steve's joined and I think Leanne Leanne thinks oh, she's the gosh, chairperson yeah, he's there. She's but, there, yeah. um, uh so he's uh, this, this was also the week where um actually no I'm not I'm not Steve it. says I give up on you I hate you I'm going and hit and then Steve just uh, Peter collapses on the floor so then he, yeah this was this was the week where everybody collapsed we <laughs> yeah. had Peter collapsing this is we had abuse. Kirk collapsing when yeah. he slipped on um Sean's face oil or whatever it yeah, was that, and, that was and we had Kelly abuse. collapsing today mm. 
There's only so much drama you can wring out of people finding people on the floor. All I'm saying, Coronation Street, is can we not have a positive story about alcohol and drug abuse? <laughs> Just once. Somebody's got to enjoy themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Steve tells Tracy what's happened and she's worried about him. She goes back to see if he's okay. He's on the floor. Going, I told you, I told you so. So Steve goes, runs off to the factory, tells Nick. He still thinks that it's because he's drunk. And it's alcohol poisoning. And Nick says to Carla, this guy is bad news. Bin him off. Bin him off. Carla and Lucas have had a lovely time. Oh, no. He says that Carla needs to, but she's not there yet. She's, She's coming back from the tram stop. And Steve sees her and says, oh, no. And she feels guilty about it. And Steve says, don't worry about it. It's not even anyone's fault apart from Peter's himself. He is himself to blame. And now we have Wednesday. Peter's in the hospital and he doesn't know what's happened and he definitely didn't drink for sure. And Carl is not sure because Steve says he was. And why would Steve say such a thing if it wasn't true? Good question. Lucas comes into the hospital to see how everyone's doing and he sort of makes a bit of small talk, but really he's just there to try to lure Carla back to Devon. Do you want to make your comment about scones now? Because no, usually you I can't mention Kevin without scones. Without a, uh, I'll tell you what. I showed show the show, show the children in my class today. We're doing about rainforests as a topic, right? You know, what's that got to do with coronation? You, I, I may, I've got a link here. You know that animal that is well known for hanging from trees yeah. in the rainforest, and they're very kind of slow and lazy, and they're sleepy. Pandas. No. <laughs> You know what I mean? I do. What what sort of animal would you call that as? Well, how would you... What's the name of it? What's the name of that animal? Sloth. Thank you very much. I was saying it was a sloth and all the, these children in my class were insisting that it's it was sloth. a sloth. They're saying sloth, sloth, sloth. And then I was t- talking to them about to it and I was saying sloth. It comes off. I was saying sloth and they were saying, Mr. Dadson, it's not sloth, it's sloth. And then I did a little Google search and I translated it and I showed them. Well, you know what? It's important. And that's what it's got to do with, because it's like scones and scones. Scones. Which it's important that your children feel comfortable to challenge you if they feel that you're not giving them the correct information. <laughs> yeah, I'm and... in their faces. <laughs> you sensibly referred to an, a greater authority, of course, Google. Yes. And, and you solved the problem together. Yeah. And all respectfully agreed upon reality which is something that we can't do in society anymore we can't we don't live in the same reality as each other anymore i wonder what happens if you go to google and you search for scones or scones and you click the little little thing what does it say or or is it like you know like a robot that's been confronted with a i uh, what all i say is a lie and it just explodes I don't know. Anyway, we're just trying to put off putting Devin. talking about this this Peter Come story. Come to Devon with me, and she says, "Ooh, this episode." One of my many many problems with this Wednesday's episode was it was just like a parade of people coming to visit yeah, Peter, it was. wasn't it? He was there in his hospital bed, and it's like Carla's come to visit. Now Lucas has come to visit. Now Steve's come to visit. It was a bit now Ken's like come to visit, and now Carla's come to visit Christmas again. Christmas Carol. Everyone was the ghost of Christmas something. Yeah. And, through, and and all the time, Peter was just saying, hi there, thanks for Go listening away. to me. I'm not drinking. Yes, you are. Bye. Next person. Yeah, I'm not drinking. Was, built, yes, you are. No, I'm really, really not. I'm not drinking. Hello. Yes, you are. You're not drinking. Peter's not been drinking. Right. Ha ha, I told right. you so. That's the script for Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was really annoying because it was like, oh man, 
He wasn't drinking, but he really brought it on himself here. Yeah. But to be fair, I don't think he ever... He doesn't lie all that much. And when he does, it's really unconvincing. Mm. Like, in the past, he's definitely said, oh, no, I'm not drinking. And he's sitting there with, like, vodka in his hand. You can kind of tell. (laughs) Anyway. He's been fairly truthful about his alcoholism recently, hasn't he? Like, the other week when he pulled that bottle of vodka out of his coat. Yeah, and he's been using it as a weapon against Carla as well. Yeah. And and he has been self-pitying. And he has just cried when he's done it and said, oh, I don't deserve, you know, whatever. Or he's been saying, yeah, I've been drinking, so what? Glug, 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 right in front of you. What are you going to do about it? So he's got no need to... You know, to, to lie about it. Well, anyway, um, he says, come to Devon, does Lucas, and Carla's looking tempted and Steve sees this and he tells her to go to Devon because Peter is a waste of space. And Lucas back, goes back to his car, but Carla's like, ooh. Then Ken comes to the hospital. Then Carla goes to see Peter and he <laughs> says, oh, I love you, I need you. And she says, I love you, but I'm leaving you because you're awful and you keep drinking. Well, it's the fact that he descri- he says, I need you. And I think to Carla that comes across as... I'm desperate for you, I no, need you, it, rather it than... it literally feeds into everything Lucas was saying to her previously about how her needs will be subsumed by Peter's addiction. Yeah. So he, that was kind of the word, that was like a trigger word, wasn't it? Mm. And he says, I'll make it through this, I'll look after you like a proper partner. And she says, I can't believe your promises, I will always love you, but that's it. And then the doctor's like, comes in like, oh, hello, um, I'm here to... <laughs> to um, say to tell everybody the truth about what happened to peter and this felt um this was like in real life this would never happen to you that somebody would come in like on a white horse and just tell everybody that's been calling you a liar put them all in their place with science can you imagine how wonderful that would be if you was having an argument with people and they were telling you something they wouldn't listen to you and then somebody just came in like hello i'm a doctor She's completely right. Everything she's just said is correct. And here's the science to prove it. <laughs> the stuff with the problem with this was like, I don't know whether as viewers we were supposed to be thinking, oh, I wonder if Peter is drinking. But the way that it was so, you know, clumsily really written like, and um, slathered on thick. Because they, because like, they protested so much drinking. that he was drinking, it became obvious that he wasn't. That, uh, yeah, point. I was in no way... Nobody was, was surprised, I don't no. think. The doctor came in and says, Oh, there was supposed to be this big revelation. What? He's telling the truth all this time? It was obvious. I also don't understand why this wasn't told to them in advance. This feels like the sort of thing you give people a heads up. Yeah. On. You know, like, oh yeah, we should have told you this before now. But yeah, sometimes when you have alcohol when you withdraw from alcohol, you can actually get symptoms that looks like you're completely drunk. Mm. Yeah, that would have been useful to know. Um actually here's a leaflet. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, she says um, there's no trace of alcohol in the blood. He has ep- heptatic encephalophlegia. It gets Encephal- called HE, but I did a little en- bit of research hep- after. Heptatic. Encephalopathy. No wonder they just call it HE. What it is, everybody, is a decline in brain function that occurs as a result of severe liver disease. You've written brain function. I think I've got it. Um that's why it's he didn't know who Ollie too much, was. Too many toxins in his body, and Peter's yeah. like, "Ha ha, <laughs> he was, take he was, that." <laughs> and then he was just smug. I would for the be rest of the smug for the rest yeah, of I my don't, life. Don't blame him. Yeah. Um, I would demand uh, tribute such as grapes and chocolates. So Carla's grovelling and says, "Oh, can I take it back?" And he's like, "Well, whatever. If it makes you happy, I don't even care." Um, so Carla leaves and goes to talk to Lucas outside the factory. She says, I always never leave. I would never leave with him. 
uh, with you. I'm just angry at Peter. Um, oh. She's like, I know that I said that I was going to go to Devon I was only you, joking. I was only joking. I was just oh, mad. You fell for it. I was just mad at Peter. And, and he says, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. And you're going to keep circling the strain. Which is true. And then, well, the, this little he, scumbag. I, I, said, I said on Facebook group the other day, this is very meta. Because he didn't say circling the drain. I think that was, that was my words. But this is basically what it is. This yeah. story is just a rinse and repeat. Peter's, Peter is drinking or not drinking. Peter's found collapse. Carla and Peter split up. Carla and Peter get back together again. Yeah, it's really boring. And, and, Luca, and, not... and Lucas is pointing this out. Yeah, it's like, you I guys think, are boring. I think the script writer Lucas is like a protest. Say... Why are you making me write the same episode again? Yeah, Lucas should just say, look... I know you love him and stuff, but this is dull. This is really boring now. Come to Devon. I, I was trying, like, initially, this, this um, I was saying, I, I kind of like this new direction they're going in with Peter really facing the consequences of his years and years and years and years and years and years of this same story. Mm. <laughs> um, where he's, you know, got liver failure and what does that mean and how is he going to cope and what is, you know, how do you... Yeah, how does he face his own mortality? Yeah, and, but uh, also, like, um, you know, the medical process and doing his own detox and things like that because of the, the strain that the service is under because how many people have the same problem. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, actually, I'm, you know, going to indulge this because I think this is interesting. And now it's just back to the same boring rubbish again. It is, and, and Lucas and is it's not such even a like plot that device, isn't he? I'm really not interested in either character anymore. I think they're just boring. Yeah. There's what personalities are there here that you wouldn't be able to transplant this story to any other character, any other two characters would be the same thing, honestly. I'm over it, so over it. So, um... Yeah, Lucas turns into a creepy rom-com movie protagonist from the 90s where his obsessive, like, stalkerish behaviour is supposed to be charming and romantic but it's actually just really creepy and obsessive. Mm. So he goes to see Peter and says, let Carla go. I love her and I will look after her. And Peter's like, nope. And Lucas says, if Carla stays with you, I'll only be out of pity. But so if you love her, you'll let her go. And everybody's saying it behind your back. Even your friends. Your, all he your friends. He doesn't say it, Steve, but Everyone knows. Steve's been the only... Such fr- a creepy Probably turd. the only friend that Peter's got, let alone, you know, friend in the storyline. Smarmy, so. creepy turd. If I was um, Peter, I would be disgusted with this. So Carla comes back and Peter tells her about this. And she's like, oh, I never, I never said I was going to go to Devon. I, I, don't, I don't know what he means. Like, you liar. You, you just are... And Peter says that he believes her. And they're like, oh, it's all turned out all right in the end then, hasn't it? No, what are you talking about? Oh, <sighs> it, was for the, it was for the Peter and Carla fans, wasn't it? I'm I sure there were many the people Peter out there. I Peter and Carla fans, because this isn't, good, this isn't good enough. This is boring. Aren't they bored with this? Even if you like these characters, aren't you bored with this? You know what I'm saying? Mm. I don't want to hate them. I really don't. The, the, I think they're Coronation quite well Street suited, has really. put a lot of investment into these characters. They're talented actors. They've got so much backstory, so much rich history there. And instead of, instead of exploring it, we're going round in circles. Steve comes in. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Peter says, I forgive you, but um, I'm a bit annoyed about Lucas coming in saying that one of my mates has said 
tell Carla to go to Devon. Yeah, because what Peter, what Steve was initially apologising for was not believing Peter that he hadn't drunk anything. So he gets forgiven for that, but not the, the betrayal of saying, yeah, Carly, you go off with them. This reminds me, this is like, everybody trying to, everybody with, with Peter, like, okay, everybody who's listening to this must have played or at least heard of Among Us, right? Um, so Among Us is, yes, the, is this, is this game that you play. If you don't even heard of it before, it's a game you play where, you're, like, it's like murderer, where you're the secretly the murderer and you have to kill as many people as possible without everybody else finding out it's you. And if everybody gets together and votes you out, you lose. But if they think it's somebody else, you win, basically. It's a video game. It's a game. It's a computer game. Um, and this is and it, this is like when you're playing this game and everyone's accusing you of being the imposter and you're like, no, it's not me. It's clearly this other person who's obviously <laughs> the person who did it. And nobody's listening to me because they're, they're too good at lying. Oh, you've been ejected. Oh, man. <laughs> so frustrating. I really hated watching this. So Steve's like, yeah, sorry, it was me that did that. Back at number one, Ken's having a go at Steve and Tracy's defending him, saying Peter's a bit mean. Uh, Peter's but, difficult. And um, how are you ever supposed to know if he's lying or not? And Ken says, if you don't like it, you can move out. It's Friday. Peter's going to be discharged and... Uh, Sorry, well, there's only, only a, like three or four scenes of this story in Friday's episode, had fortunately. had a Tracy reminds Steve that he has to say sorry. I thought he already did say sorry. Peter comes say back and they're bickering about what happened. And Amy says, oh no, don't row about it because Ken will throw us out. My, my granddad will make us homeless. Yeah, Steve, Steve tries to make amends by bringing Peter chocolates, saying, oh, I really couldn't just stand what you were putting everyone through and it's not really my fault. Uh, and then he um, leaves and he looks like he wants to take the chocolates with him, but he doesn't. That was which quite is kind funny. of the best part of the whole story. Peter didn't really want to forgive him, did he? He was still pretty grumpy at him. But yeah, that as, as much so... as I complained about a lot of this story, that final scene, and Steve, the, Steve was just the worst this week, but that final scene when he walks past the box of chocolates, he's like, That was the best do scene I, do I, do I, uh, of no. the whole story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my problems with this story were. That the the over egging of the pudding with everybody just shouting at Peter for being a drunk when he the, wasn't. The thing is, we'd already decided by the end of last week, Peter's not drinking. People think maybe he is. I wonder what he's doing, because surely he's I not really drinking. I really cannot believe that they were not told. Like, the medical team needs to have some kind of, what's the word, wrap across the knuckles here, because it would they would have surely have been told if this happens to you, you need to come to the hospital because you're going to be overwhelmed with toxins. Yeah. Wouldn't they have said this? Either anyway, let's maybe. pretend they did and they just didn't read the leaflet because that's per- perfectly possible. My my two major criticisms of this story this week, number one, everything that Steve did apart from the chocolate scene, and number two, the whole pointless and unnecessary merry-go-round romance of Carla, Peter and Lucas. I did quite like Lucas when he first came in. I thought well, maybe he could be good for Carla, but they're, they're, I think they are purposefully making him into a bit of a creepy stalker. The fact that he was just, you know turning up there weirdly at Peter's hospital bed. It's none of your goddamn business, man. If she tells you that she doesn't want to go with you, don't go to her, like, dying boyfriend's hospital bed and try to convince him to dump her. I think... What what I think is creepy, when when he was saying... When he said, I've decided I love Carla, I want to spend the rest of 
my so life what? with her. So what her. does Carla think? It, it seems irrelevant well, no, to I'm, you. I'm saying that he's, he's jumped to that decision quite quickly. And I know he knew her back in Devon, but... I mean, that was quite a while ago. So, And, and he's not really seen that much of her. I know. He's, three, he's only been in, like, This you is know, what I'm saying. This is why I said he was basically like a 90s rom-com protagonist where we used to think it was sweet when a man would just steamroller over a woman's objections and say, no, we're meant for each other. And that was supposed to be romantic because the woman eventually would realise that he was right and she was wrong and they were really soulmates. And actually, no, that's just creepy and weird and gross. Mm. It does make me wonder, like, are they going to, you know, ramp up this direction? Not that I want to see any more of this story, but I think we're going to get it whether we like it or not. Do you think Lucas might... Is is he going to start, like... Sabotage Peter and try and yeah, kill Yeah, maybe. Honestly, I would booze. certainly watch that. Maybe. Especially if one of them dies. I still can't decide whether they're going to kill off Peter. I kind of think they should, in the same way that I kind of think they should have killed off Ollie, and, and they did, and I was glad that they stuck down there, but... The, the amount, of, the amount we've had to invest... The amount that we've had to invest into Peter being on his last legs this year... It feels like any, you know, way out of it, you know, he gets his liver transplant or whatever and then well, he's look, back to normal again. It's like, oh, okay. I just need to point out that with with any storyline, there are the plans that the, the show makes and then there are external pressures that they're, that are brought to bear upon those stories. So we know this, this, this happened way back in the day with Samir giving his kidneys, kidney mm-hmm. to Tracy because of ecstasy believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why Kelly was taking such a passe drug, but whatever. <laughs> so 90s, so uncool. So 1996. <laughs> so so the, originally the story would be, was going to be that Samir was going to donate these, the kidney and then would die, yeah? Yeah, I think but, so. But they, they basically got asked very nicely or perhaps firmly by somebody to do with um, the donations that this will have a negative impact on the the it might actually affect people taking you know Wanting offering to donate, to yeah. donate. So and you could kill instead. literally you could kill people with this storyline and and um Coronation Street has to have bear some responsibility for the stories that they portray and it, you know I wouldn't want to be responsible for serious topics like this so do they have, you know what's the most responsible way for this story to go is it a responsible thing to say Yes, Peter Peter Barlow has been an alcoholic in this show um, since he came back in 2000. Or was it even before then? No, it, it definitely wasn't before then. The old Peter wasn't. And I, I, I don't remember when it started. No, I, don't, I, don't I, don't, he, well, I don't think he was an alcoholic. Well, he's been then. in the show for in, 21 in, years now. Might have been like, in the wake as... of the Peter and, I mean, the Shelley and uh, Lucy bigamy thing. I mean, that was like, 2017. Yeah. So about 17 years. Peter Barlow's been an alcoholic and really an abusive alcoholic to his body. And the responsible thing is to to say, yeah, kill him off because this is... Um, and I think that in, in a show that, like many, me, much media does, glorifies the consumption of alcohol because that's just... I'm not having a go, but that's just what society's like. Is a responsible thing to, to show. Coronation Street does like often to show there is always hope but sometimes life doesn't work out neatly like that. But the, that, other, does the it? other sort of point of view is that if he does get a liver transplant and then he dies anyway, is that just too much for people who are going through that? 
You know well, what I'm yeah, trying quite, to say? Uh, must be a balance because I, I know that what some of the criticism people had about the Ollie storyline was you're showing a, a boy dying or something, and yeah, okay, it it doesn't have you know it's a progressive chronic disease that will kill you but you're taking away hope from families mm. who have children with this disorder that their kid could live longer than this yeah. i don't necessarily agree with that argument because i think unfortunately what they showed with ollie was a kind of realistic mm. um situation would it, would it just be too depressing uh, so soon after ollie and also i mean after Sinead, it really is far cold. too soon i think to kill another character are they but they've walled themselves in they've they've i think they've messed up here honestly by by plunging into this story so soon after another really heavy medical drama and we still got we still got um johnny in hospital with ms uh, prison yeah he's not in <laughs> hospital is he it's probably the best place he's taking his pills I, now though i'm finding it hard it's depressing i don't want i i've i I don't watch Casualty. I've never... I watched Casualty when I was at home with my parents, but I don't like medical dramas. I'm not in Coronation... I'm not watching Coronation Street for medical drama. But I acknowledge that this is a very everyday commonplace thing for people to deal with. I don't think I'd mind it half as much if we didn't have the added complication of Carla and and Lucas... Uh, really, I I, I kind of, I found bits I found bits of this story quite interesting and in the and the dosing of with the whiskey and everything, but you know there's there's it's just no good and and, uh, <laughs> and Steve Steve again uh, th- this is Steve who you know his son's just died and then he kind of forgets about it and then he's then no, he's he sad for a, for a bit he yeah. goes for a walk to get over it and then he goes and then he dresses up as a dinosaur to go jogging and then he just has a jolly time at Ted's funeral yeah and now he's suddenly flipped and. He was just, he just felt so, so, so out of character. Unconvincingly written and... It, I'm, it, it I'm... wasn't, I didn't feel that was Steve. No. It was, it was, it was a really, really, really bad idea. Really, really was. This was but, tough. This was just tough. Yeah. And, and it's not over, is it? It's not over. I'm, I'm glad that, I'm only... glad that it wasn't particularly taking up much of Friday because, um yeah, the week got better. I will only enjoy this storyline if... Lucas turns out to be some kind of serial killer who murders women's alcoholic boyfriends out of revenge for his wife's uh, addiction and tries to kill Peter. Right. That's the know. only way I'm going to enjoy this storyline. You never know. Could, could happen. <laughs> could happen. But um, I really don't like moaning about... I don't I feel mind like if they always, want to give it a little break before you bring it back to the corridor. Honestly, mo- always feel like I'm always moaning about this. This story Does anybody has like had, this? this I, I'm sure there are people that like this. There definitely are. And this story has had highlights. I mean, just, you know, when was it? it Three, four weeks ago, ago when yeah. Peter was frothing at the mouth in the kitchen and Ken was there. <laughs> that was a great scene. That, that episode that started with Peter having his seizure on the kitchen floor. That was, that was really exciting. Oh, it's, and so, now I, he's yeah. collapsing. Has just, there's no drama. Just, and then he goes just, on the floor why again. Why are we having... It feels like this story is just the offcuts of everyone else's story because it's like we've got an addiction problem here and that you know we already have got another story going on about drugs with Simon and that's interesting because it's something new and different yeah and you've got um the medical stuff which feels like an offcut of Ollie's storyline but that was different and interesting because it was a child who was going through it and we were watching the impact of it on the family. 
this just feels like the most boring like you, you, if you took all these elements of separate things and you and you made a story this is the most boring way you could do it i don't know whether we're supposed to how much we're supposed to sympathize with carla either because i mean this is the woman who you know three four five months ago was off bonking adam and now she's being tempted by lucas i know it really isn't good is it it's, it if you're trying to make me think that their love's um young dream you're not doing a yeah, good un- job un- of it shakeable. because they're they're all she's off banging whoever she can get her hands on and, and crying about how difficult it is and he's self-pitying and, and moaning and and doing jigsaws with a blanket around his shoulders it's like i didn't even care about them to begin with but now i just really don't like either of them i i'm i'm really sorry to that there must be there must be some people that are listening to this podcast that are invested in the story please write in and tell us why so i'm sorry that we're ragging on your favorite story at the moment but come on you must be able to say that Look, yeah, I mean... No, no, they, it wasn't perfect. No. It's just a... Ugh. I'm going to move on because I want to be I really positive now. I could go on about now. this for days. And, and I'm sure... I, I know you found some positivity in this next story because we talked about it as we went. It had Devin, for heaven's sake. You can't complain... Dev you can't, has been... You cannot complain about a story with Devin. In the last 12 months, Dev has, has been the hidden gem of Coronation Street. Yep. I love him. He's fantastic. More than any other character at the moment, he has been thrown drama and comedy and he has done them perfectly in we equal measure to, to, to such Steve. a big extent. Yeah, two, two fathers undergoing incredible stress and flipping from, from a very sort of hammy comic character to a very dramatic and, Serious. and, and sad, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm sorry, but Dev... Is, I don't know if it's the way they write for him or what it is, but it manages to pull this off far better than Steve. He, yeah, the, it's, the, 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 there's a gulf in the performances, I think. It's, it's, is, it, is it performances that writing? I don't know. But we do, when we Dev generally flips try to Sirius, I totally believe him. When Dev yeah. is a buffoon, I find him hilarious. When Dev is you know, over the top, Not everyone ridiculous. will agree. Not everyone will agree, so, but certainly. I'm finding that he is actually... For so long, he was a joke. Um, De- the character of Dev was a joke. Um, and that's fine, because that's Coronation Street, you know, there are characters like that. But since, since I think it's since they've started giving Asher better stories. Yeah, it's been in the last two years, really. Um, he has blossomed so much. I'm so pleased with him. And Jimmy Harkishan's doing a fantastic job, and I really don't think he's getting the credit for it. Mm-hmm. Right, well, th- let me... Let's explain why. Well, he he's the the, the Monday isn't to do with no, that story because, no. as I said, they merge. It's more the size supply stories on Monday. So, um, Leanne comes into the lounge on on Monday and finds Simon diligently doing his coursework. Great gun, she says. He must be on drugs. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, back to normal. Back to back to college. Sorted. But then old Jacob comes over and says, "Simon, you need to ditch this college plan and go with me." So they go off somewhere to do some nefarious business. Um, we will later see Simon. Um, watching Jacob he's on the phone um, giving a bit of a telling off to somebody who has forgotten who his mates are so Simon kind of sees that maybe Jacob can be a bit threatening poisoning. yes maybe like Steve had <laughs> um, and um, and Jacob's like you wouldn't ever forget who your mates were would you Simon and Simon's terrified of this guy at the moment it, it's like starting off as someone who was a mate and then it was like there was, there was a bit of respect in there and kind of an admiration and I, I want to be like you, Jacob. And now he's just kind of realising that I'm, I'm scared of you and I need to 
I need to do everything you tell me, basically, because otherwise yeah. I could get in trouble. Um, Jacob says he's pleased that Simon has uh, got his back because he has got a job for him. And he takes... Um, they, they go back home to, to the flat later and um, we, we find out that Jacob's flat has got raided. Um, Leanne doesn't want him there, though, and Simon says, oh, please, let him stay. And he's, she's like, you've got no idea what Jacob is capable of. You really, really need to let him stay if that's what he wants, Mum. And, and Leanne kind of has to relent there. So you can see, like, the oh. fear in Simon's eyes. Did and you... I, oh, Go on. Go on, what are you going to say? I was just going to say, and I, and I really do think that Alex Bain has improved because I was criticising him around the Christmas time, but I, I think in this story, he's he's definitely upped his game. And we looked this up, didn't we? This is a thing. Oh, yes, this is a thing. Thanks to our Facebook group, who are always on it, they um, it's cuckooing. let us know that cuckooing is a thing. I found this. I went onto the Crime Stoppers website. I'll tell you now Have if you... Have you got you a sore throat today? No, I'm fine. Okay. It's just back to normal teaching, probably. Um, according to Crime Stoppers UK, victims of cuckooing are often drug users, but can include older people. Right, so... Cook- cuckooing is when <laughs> drug dealers move into the house of vulnerable people and kind of use it as the setup base basically yes. it's like i'm moving in here nothing you can so, do so, or else so can we just check um what how leanne is fits against this criteria right so these of people who are victims of cuckooing. yeah these according to crime stoppers uk these yeah. are the sorts of people that get cuckooed yeah older people yes well you know she's past 40 will be one soon um those suffering from mental or physical health problems. Yes. Uh, mental, for sure. Um, single mums. Yes. Those living in poverty. Yes. All these kind of people. And it doesn't say whether it's self-imposed poverty because you won't take help for your bills and you keep phoning up psychics. And finally, female sex workers. Check. Check. You know, Full house. Bingo, victim. Leanne. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's moved in there and Simon's like, please, 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 just let him stay. Um, and and he says, I'm I'm really sorry, Mum. I I I've brought this on us all. I'm just yep. trying to help out. Um, and I was just trying to help out, and now I've brought a drug dealer to live. With and, us. and all of his druggy mates, because they all turn up and get get start to do their all, all their druggy business on the sofa, don't they? And and uh, Leanne's like, I'm I'm going out. I'm not staying. I can't stay over this. And Jacob says, Thanks, Leanne. You're a top bird. <laughs> Brilliant. See, this is my worst nightmare because I am a very protective person about my personal space. I really don't like people in the house if I'm not prepared. It need take a while for. I need to psych myself up. I don't like visitors. You don't. You don't. Um, do you really don't like people visitors. around here? I'm really not a key a fan of. Even if I'm, you're my favorite person in the world. You need to make an appointment before you can come <laughs> round. So if this happened to me, I think I would have a nervous breakdown. I couldn't cope. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. So um, that this story kind of goes on the sidelines for a bit for Wednesday, and we'll move back into the the Nina Asher part yeah. of it. And Corey, he makes an appearance yeah. on Wednesday, doesn't oh, he? Nice to Got see a bit you. of bum fluff, hasn't he, on Wednesday? <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I was like, is that Corey? Oh yeah, he's just growing a little beard. Um, he find he's uh, he finds out from Asher that. She has got a new person in her life, and it's a girl. It's yeah. Nina, and he's like, "What?" It's jaw. You can see his well, jaw drop. He's obviously taking this as an, an sort of personal insult. Well, yeah, he, but I mean, he he says that he doesn't care that she's into girls, but he's like, "But but that one, kind of." So it's more of a an insult, so, so saying that you would choose that freak over me. Basically, is what he was saying in in his words. Obviously, mm-hmm. I, I was a bit surprised. The the fact that he he didn't particularly seem to bat an eyelid about the fact that she's now you know going out with a girl that wasn't his problem, 
which was interesting. I thought that was strange because you would have thought that it would have been a very easy thing to make fun of her for. Yeah. But yeah. maybe the kids these days aren't, well, you know, aren't no homophobic labels. like they were when we were children. Exactly. Um, anyway, he just thinks the whole thing's hilarious and he walks out and saying, well, you know what? You're welcome to each other. So this leads us to Friday where Jacob is still there at Simon's house and I was in the kitchen making a cup of tea or something at the beginning and you said he was tinkering around with the drugs, didn't you? He was just ripping the guy off. Yeah, Harvey is boss. He was kind of putting taking the drugs in bags drugs or something and taking a bit for him drugs. or something. But he's basically, he's, he's doing a little deal where he's selling excess drugs on the side and then giving... Keeping less the money. drugs, yeah, keeping the money and giving less drugs to the people who are buying them from Harvey. But anyway, he's just trying to rip them off. He's got a bit too big for his boots. Um, meanwhile, Asher is there in the cafe mooning just at the thought of Nina and this delicious pizza they're going to have together tonight. Roy's trying <laughs> oh, to tell her yeah. about some fracas at the train enthusiast club or, or, or was it? Somebody's photoshopping things. Somebody's photoshopping things. He's also talking about chili con carne and chili sin carne, which I'd never heard of before. Don't tell me you've not. I've heard. never heard of chili. Do you sin know carne? what the difference is? Well, I'm guessing that carne is meat. Yes. And sin means without. Yes. And con means with. Yes. Never had a Spanish lesson in my life, everybody. Um, and they're also talking about <laughs> chili with chips and rice, weren't this they? Was Where so do funny. you stand on this? I, I thought think this we need was to so... know. <laughs> this was really funny because I, I genuinely thought this was a weird thing that Roy would get mad about because you thought Roy would be quite egalitarian about people's food choices. But he was really adamantly against people ordering chili with chips on the side. Yeah. And I think... If I'm making chilli at home, I'm doing rice with it. But if I'm out and about, I might be having some chips. You're offering me. <laughs> if I've great. got a choice, I always pick chips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that reminds me of, um, you, you were disgusted when you heard that my family growing oh, up yeah. had rice with bolognese. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> it makes me cringe. Takes all sorts, doesn't it, to make the world go round. Anyway, as I said, Ash is there, gooey-eyed at the thought of Nina and then Nina comes in and, and Asha kind of she kind of half invites Nina to come round for pizza half is like you're coming round to my house for pizza tonight aren't you Nina and Nina's like oh no I've got to I've got to work here for Roy she's clearly not, not, that, that, not that into it the <laughs> idea and Asha's like no 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 pizza at my house and, and yeah, she keeps saying, oh, I'm not, I, I don't finish work until, she's like, I'm come not. around, it's half six. She's like, I don't finish work till seven. Okay, half yeah. seven. <laughs> she wasn't taking any hints. She was not taking any hints. She's blinded. She's still infatuated. Still in the, the throes of, you know, this new love and her first you know, proper relationship, I suppose, in this, this exciting new avenue that she's going down. So we also then have a scene back to the Simon, the druggy stuff of R. Kelly and Jacob in Victoria Gardens. Remember, they know each other. And we found out in the interview with Jack, um, James Ryan, that um, Millie Gibson and Jack were sort of knew each other before Coronation Street, which was quite cool. Um, so they were in Victoria Gardens. She's minging on that this new kid has come into a foster home, so she's not happy there. Um, and he's like, oh, I've got just the perfect thing to, to put a spring in your step. It's some ecstasy. They're brilliant. Easy, good. Easy, good. That's what, yeah, you might as well start singing that. Mm. Um, but just before she can kind of do anything about that, this flash car turns up. No, it's not Sean and his new BMW. <laughs> it's Harvey. New, oh, no. The boss is here at last. We don't get to see him in that scene. He's but got tinted you can see, windows. He, you can see the colour drain from Jacob's face as yeah. this as his boss comes up. And then um, the last that we see of him is him sitting there in the passenger seat yeah, of, of this car. Yeah, and uh, well, being driven to his doom, and it was it was just like Henry, wasn't it? Well, apart from Henry was dragged kicking and screaming yeah. into the posh dog's car, but like, uh, yeah, that that was the end, sadly for Jacob. 
Um, but I guess we didn't know about it at the time. And I wonder whether, do, you think, do you think the tinted windows are just there because I, I wonder what the um, the social distancing Good measures point, were. Good point, actually. Good point. He probably just got in there by himself, didn't he? Maybe. Wow, acting. Mm. Anyway, um, he he's off and, uh, and Kelly's left alone in the park. And I think this is when summer... And I wonder how many viewers at home, how long the average it took for people to go, oh, yes, that's Summer, isn't it? And not who's that random girl. But yeah, Summer <sighs> and Asher. Or was it Amy? I can't remember. Anyway, they turn it up. It really didn't help oh, it was matters Asher. that she, that Summer wasn't wearing a school uniform and the other two girls were. Because later on, they all go to the flat together, don't they? Oh, yeah, she's dressed up like a rainbow. And she's wearing dungarees again. And a, and a stripy rainbow jumper. And the other two I thought were wearing school uniform, but I can't remember. No, I don't think they were. I don't think Kelly was wearing some leopard skin kind of outfit, I think. But it just feels like um, Summer is being dressed by somebody who's learned about teenage girls from watching the programme Rainbow. Oh, yeah, what the kids show. She just looks like an extra from a, t- from a children's TV programme. I just Jane, Freddy and keep Summer. expecting her to go, OK, everyone, today we're going to make Tracy Island out of toilet rolls. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's just got this really, like, manic, like, youth energy that seems to be not actually from being youthful, but pretending to be. Yeah. And I know it's really unfair because I don't think I'm getting that vibe from her. I'm getting it from the wardrobe and, like, the fact that she is not as young as she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. Anyway, um, the, one, the, what comes out of that conversation is that... But was, I will so, just say, the longer she's in the programme, the less this will make... Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. The definitely. less problem this will be, yeah. so... What comes out of that conversation is Asha finds out that there's a hotel in town that's doing a cheap deal. So she's like... Time to take things to the next level with Nina. <laughs> Dad, can I have... How much does she ask 50 for quid. first? 50 quid. Oh, yeah, it's 50 quid, isn't it? He, thought, he tries what, to offer 20 first. If I was Dev and I, my daughter came to me and went, oh, Dad, can I have 50 quid for a special deal in the hotel? I'd say, no, I'm going by myself. Get away from you kids. 50 quid for a <laughs> night by myself with a mini bar and a TV. I can pick whatever I want to watch. See you later. Well, no wonder he ended up giving another 50 quid in the end because I've, I've been to the worst hotel in Manchester, probably the cheapest hotel in Manchester, and um, he wouldn't want them to end up there down that dodgy alley off Piccadilly Gardens. <laughs> um, so anyway, he's like, no, you're not having money. Um, he's like, imagine if it was a boy. I wouldn't be giving you money to go to a hotel with a boy. It's just the same thing. And she's like, fine, then I'll ask Daddy. He's, but he's going to charge me interest. It's this kind of, to me, yeah. This kind of, to me, um, raised some interesting questions about what exactly Dev's real problem with Asha sleeping with a, her boyfriend or girlfriend is. But he was kind of insinuating that his major problem was just pregnancy. Um... What, when it was with Corey? No, no, uh, that's wrong. Asher was saying, you're the main problem. Like, I can't get pregnant, so I don't know why you're worried, basically. Mm. But but he seemed to sort of just, just in general, I don't want you to take that step. Well, we've seen that he's... With anybody. In the last six months, he's been very much, say, like, no, notably, Asher is kind of growing up too fast in his eyes. Yeah. And and I think he he's thought, you know... This is delaying her growing up, maybe. I don't know, her going out with Nina, because he's, he seems, like, over the moon happy. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Like, um, it really is just that the threat is from her being with a with a boy. Mm. But now he's saying, no, it's just anybody. I don't want you to... 
Yeah. I thought that, that you wouldn't take this so fast because um, yeah, and he, this he, is new territory. He, yeah, he, he doesn't like the idea that his daughter has grown up. So anyway... Do you um, think that's it? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's what it is. Yeah, but and, and 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 before he'd thought maybe yeah this is this is delaying it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but maybe. I don't think he'd be this worried about because she says, oh yeah, you wouldn't. Uh... He said, what if it was a boy? Yeah, okay. I wouldn't be giving you the money then either. But I also think that he wouldn't be this worried about Ardy. No, no, that's very very true. I think he probably would have double standards there. Mm. I mean, he knows what he he was like himself as a young boy. It's weird, isn't it? It, it? You you have different rules, and yeah. and it makes sense. Like if your main problem is you know pregnancy, which would make sense if you're trying to look after the welfare of a teenage girl. Pregnancy is not just a really bad you know idea for a teenage girl from a social and educational perspective, but also your body goes through an incredible amount of stress, and people really don't give it enough credit for how hard it is on your body to be pregnant. Um, so so it would make sense from that perspective, but it's not about that, is it? It's loss of innocence, is what it is. But, but yeah, that, okay, I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. Well, that's fine. Um, anyway, oh. um, he then marches over to the cafe because he thinks that Nina's the one that's put Asher up to this. Like, because Corey was the one that was leading her on before and Asher was very, you know, I'll, I'll you know... I'll Do you think also... Drop my drawers on, I'm ready for you, thank you, Corey. Do you think it's also like a bit of a actually being confronted with what it really means for Asher to be in a, a gay yeah. relationship with a, with a girl? He was like... You know, it's all French movies and batting eyelashes and crying and, you know, mm. eating pizza in our pyjamas and talking yeah. about our feelings. And then she's Doing suddenly saying, hair. I want to go to a hotel with my girlfriend. And he's like, oh, yeah. there's it's, more, it's a, there's a, a physical dimension step, isn't to this that I'm not comfortable with at all. Yeah, yeah and, definitely. Yeah. So he goes over to Nina, and because she's the older one, he kind of says, "What? What's going on here? You going up I to the felt hotel?" So bad and, Ni- for her. and Nina's like, oh, "I don't know what she's you're talking about." She's pushing it onto me. Yeah. <laughs> N- Nina's felt you know over her head for a little, for a couple of weeks now, and she's like, yeah. "No, sorry." So, so Deb's kind of sent away with a bit of a flea in his ear. He kind of sheepishly leaves, and then when Asha comes around later, Nina puts her foot down about the hotel, and she's like, "No, sorry, I'm not going to a hotel with you." I did like how firm she was here. Yeah, I did she, as well. She, she said, "I said no." Telling. I said no. You need to tell him. And, so, and if it were, and also if this was a if this was a boy that was pushing her into go to a hotel, you know, her saying I said no would be really quite assertive and very laudable. I don't know if people had a different impression of her because she was saying it to another girl, like oh you should be nicer about it, you know. No, I think people were okay. Were, were, were cheering Nina on at this point because that Asher, but I mean it's fair enough that Asher is. I mean, th- this is new territory for Nina as well. It's not like she's, you know, seasoned romantic with revealed. a string of boyfriends slash girlfriends. We've, I don't think we've learned anything new about Nina's sexuality from this. No. I've got no idea whether Nina has had a girlfriend before or if she thinks of... I know she says no labels, but I don't know whether she has had relationships with girls or boys or no one at all. I can't remember whether they brought it up. They I don't, I'm not really sure. I, I think this is really in, this is a really interesting way of going about mm. having um, a, a relationship between two girls on, on Coronation Street because it, it really is an interesting... Um, because they're both experiencing... I th- To me, I think that Nina, this is the first time Nina has been in a relationship with a girl. So to me, they're both 
experiencing it for the first time together. Mm. I, I kind of see Asher as someone who's grown up watching, you know, romantic movies and, you know, reading romantic books and and, and she's got a very... Well, um, you know, she was she was into the, the Bollywood look and... Yeah. I have not seen Bollywood movies, but I'm going to assume that they're very heteronormative and traditional yeah and and find the find the right person get married to them dance. do a big dance routine <laughs> I don't know. but um i imagine that nina spent most of her days watching those or avoiding them and saying they were lame and stupid yeah so asha thinks that the naturally her relationship is going to quickly she's got progress and nina's like, like i just i just wanted to be friends and this Somewhat. is what she's kind of talking with roy about later and mm. and roy says you need to be honest and Nina says, what, you mean dump her? And Roy's like, well, if that's what your immediate reaction is when I say honest, then yeah. Yeah, maybe you should. And I can't remember whether it was this point or later that he brings up the Cathy thing and, and says, I only had one serious relationship ever, and that was with Hayley. But then when I went out with Cathy afterwards, I kind of wished that I'd, this I was now such wish a I'd nip that into the bud of Cathy and Roy's relationship because I love them together. I think I quite, uh, yeah, we did, didn't we? I really, really thought that when Hayley died, we both said, Roy will never find love again. Mm. And then when they put him with Kathy, we both said, oh gosh, they found somebody that would actually work. And now he's saying, no, it was never going to happen. I feel feel so betrayed. (laughs) (laughs) Now look who she's ended up with. So Nina goes round to to Asher and Dev's house and um, gently breaks up with her. She says that they're too different. We were fab as friends. Um, I think let's just let's Asha just cool does our not jets. Take this very well. She pretends that she, she does. She pretends she does because at she one point really Nina Nina says, "Oh, we were we were best as mates," and Anna's like, and Anna Asha's like, "Oh yeah, I was going to say the same thing." Yeah, I was going to say we, that's why we should spend more time together in a hotel talking about how great friends we are. <laughs> like, all right, she's just a, you know she you can Defensive, see that she's she? yeah, but you can see that she's really really hurt. Of course, she's trying to save face. Yeah, and just to make things worse in the middle of the conversation, that's when Dev comes in, kind of. And leaves the fifty pounds on the table. Yeah, and you go, out, girls, enjoy your night. Oh. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still cool. I'm, I'm cool still with cool. Dad, so, ten pound for the mini bar. Cut back to Billy and notes. Simon part of the story, and she's just found some drugs under some sofa. It's those two ecstasy Free pills, drugs. isn't it? Yeah. What's she moaning about? She's she recognises this, I'm sure, from back in the Jazz Quigley days. But Simon comes in, gets them off of her, and she's totally stressed out. She doesn't know how there's going to be a way out of this, and he's just like, oh, "I need to go out. I've, I've got to um, because doesn't doesn't he get a call from? Jacob at some point, or who he thinks is Jacob, he needs to go out and see him. Asher, meanwhile, is speaking with Kelly and Summer at the bus stop because they spoke earlier about whether they wanted to meet up later tonight. And Asher's like, "Sorry, I can't. I got a date with I'm Nina. Date. Pizza. You guys can't." And, come. and now she's crawling back and saying, "Oh, oh yeah." She, well, she, she, she admits that they've broken up, but she makes it out to be a lot more, you know, amicable than it actually was. She's acting like she doesn't care when she really is hurting inside, I think. And she says, let's get wasted. Yeah. Which is, um, you know, that came out of nowhere. It's very handy that there's some drugs just around the corner because I wouldn't have thought that this would be Asha's immediate reaction to this. I don't know whether we've ever no, seen her. No, she's always been a bit naughty, hasn't she? I don't think she's been that naughty. But I thought, well, well you know, wasted means different things, doesn't it? Yeah, but... I'd... She could have just meant drunk. But if there are drugs, let's do those. Yeah, just if, yeah. So, uh, well, they, they do ask, where's Jacob? Um, but Kelly goes round and finds Simon round the corner and uh, tries to get him to sell her some pills. And he's like, I can't sell any, I'll just deliver them. I, but then, but he's this got these This is like two. what happened to the Amazon delivery guy that I waylaid the other day. He was trying to make a delivery to another house. I was like, come on, man, just sell me the drugs. <laughs> he's going, I'm not delivering drugs. This is hay and hamster food and it's not for you. 
um, yeah, so so Simon eventually is cajoled into selling these drugs to Kelly because she says, if you don't, then I'll... What does she threaten? I'll tell everyone you're a drug dealer. I'll tell everyone you're a drug dealer. Yeah, that's quite, you know, quite a big <laughs> thing to hold over him. And he's got these two pills floating about you, that look, listen, Harvey doesn't know about. So At this point, if random people are coming up to you and saying, oh, give me some drugs, the secret's out. Simon. Mm, 50 pounds. Was it, did he get for the whole 50 no, pounds? No, she gave him 40 quid. Oh, She's yeah. She's canny. She got to give him 50 quid. She's keeping the 10 for herself. <laughs> so, um, anyway, they, she, oh, this is what she also mentions to Simon about Jacob being driven away in a tinted car earlier and I think Uh-oh. he knows what that means. So, Girls meet up in the flat together. First problem, they've only got two pills. There's three of them. How are they going to share them? Summer's like, sorry guys, I don't do drugs. I'm not going to have any. You share them to yourself. I've already done drugs. Oh yeah, she, I that, had she? she had a spice, that. didn't she? Yeah, she she knows the uh, yeah. What I'm that straight edge now. Well, so, no, she's not. She wants. Asha drink. says, well, "We'll get you some booze then. Let's go down. Let's go to Dev's shop. We'll get you some booze together." And someone's like, "Oh, don't don't steal anything, will you?" She's all she's all hoity toity. I, I can't she, imagine she that liquor. Summer would want booze either. To be fair, at least at least old. You know Summer what Billy wouldn't. would tell her? What if we don't sin? Jesus died for nothing. Oh yeah, good point. So they go, they go off to the shop, and they're saying, "Now, Kelly, don't take the drugs while we're gone. We need to have them." <laughs> There's together. only one thing you need to remember, and that's not to take drugs. Yeah, and Kelly's got them in a little bag, going, "Oh, but they look so tempting." So they come back later, and um, Kelly's taking the drugs. Yeah, she's taking the drugs. She's unconscious. She's still breathing. She's put herself goodness. in the recovery position. Yeah, very nice handy. One. Yeah, yeah. So they they have to phone up nine nine nine. They're obviously a little bit of an awkward situation. Like, where did they get the drugs from? They're going to get in trouble, but I really don't think that probably. you need to worry about it. if you if you're ever in a situation, young children who are listening to us who are very impressionable. Number one, no drugs for you. Number two, tell your medical provider everything. They're not the police. They don't care. They need to know. Yes. They're not. They're not. They don't yes judge you. Over. They've seen so many people doing exactly the same thing as you. So meanwhile, the only thing you really need to worry about is if you put something inappropriate up your backside. Then you probably need to tell some fibs. <laughs> Simon, meanwhile, has got this message <laughs> from Jacob. Meet me in Victoria Gardens. And he's not there. Phones him up on on Jacob's phone, and um, this a new this new voice answers. Hello, it's Harvey. Hello, the it's big me, boss. Harvey. What's he doing with Jacob's phone? I wonder. I took his phone. We don't need to lo- I wonder don't know long. This is. I, I took his phone. <laughs> Yeah, he was it's only me, in, Harvey. He was only in a couple of scenes. You have to watch a few more to just no, really get I've, there. I've nailed it. Harvey walks around the corner and he's like, "Yeah, um, I found out everything that Jacob I know was everything. doing. He was trying to rip me off. He was You're scamming not do me that, proper. Are you? And um, I took him for a little drive and dropped him off at the hospital. So he's done done some. Uh, who knows what? I can only imagine what's happened to I Jacob. I thought he was just doing a shift there at the Weatherfield uh, no. Friends of. Friends of Weatherfield Hospital yeah, for Emily. Right, yeah. No. And then he's saying to Simon, like, have you been selling pills on the side as well? Well, have you? And Simon's, he's pretty intimidated no. by this, but he promises he's just been doing as he's told. But obviously he has been selling these side, these pills on the side to Kelly because she could jolt him into it. Um, so Kelly's Sim- so evil. She is. Simon wants out of this. Harvey's like, I'm going to give you a promotion because obviously Jacob's out of action now. Um, and, and and Simon's like, in fact, no. like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's half is like, no, you're doing it. Always also, refuse promotion that doesn't come with a pay increase. Well, not only does this not come with a pay increase, but Simon now owes Harvey £2,000 for all these <laughs> this missing is drugs. Like, tell you what, this is like an MLM. And he says, if you, it is. This is like Boozy Baps. What's it called? Glam, um, glitzy Glam. Gl- no, glammy uh, Whammy. Double Glammy. Whammy Glammy. Glammy Glammy. 
Roy, um, Harvey says, if you don't pay me this money, you're going to end up in a hospital bed next to Jacob. Okay, Bye. fine. Yeah, fine. This is the point where you say, go on then. Do your work. NHS is free. I, If that's what it takes, if I get my things ticked off the list, go find another idiot. <laughs> it wouldn't be the end, though, And listen, it? Harvey, if you know what's good for you, don't involve anybody that lives in Weatherfield in your drug-dealing ways, because you're just going to become a cropper at the end of it. So that's what happens. Mm, They're yeah. a bunch of do-gooding weirdos <laughs> with their little Weatherfield Good Samaritan charity thing. Back, back to Nina. She's telling Roy about dumping Asher, and she says she's a lovely girl, but she likes Little Mix, and I don't think I can deal with that in the partner. And Roy's like, I've got no idea what you're what talking you about. Well, I didn't even know that Little Mix was still Thing, they'll still think they've been going for a while. I, don't I know they've been going songs, for a while. But yeah, they're still going. I didn't um, know this. And this Good is when them. he talks about Kathy. Simon comes home, tells Leanne everything that's happened. Leanne says, right, this has gone far enough. Oh, you need to stop I'm this now. now, Simon. He says, I, he can't. He's in too deep. In fact, he's got to stay at, step up, pay this guy back, or he's going to end up in hospital. This Speaking... is the point where I just gave up here. No, I loved it. In oh. the hospital later, Kelly's on the mend. She's going to be all right. She's having a stomach pumped or something. Summer has called Billy in, which um, Asher is a bit, you know... Why do you do that for, you snitch? So Billy... Billy comes and he's like, why did you guys take ecstasy without me? <laughs> he says, we need to tell Dev. Um, so we later see Dev asking Chesney to cover at the chip shop because Jacob's not turned up for his shift. He has this, to go to the hospital. This was a bit like what when somebody after? needs to find a babysitter and you're like, I don't care. I don't care about this. Yeah. Although it was kind of it was important later because I know, they, had it, I know it, they actually were, Yeah, they actually like used it as a reason for why Chesney went to Simon's house to tell him what happened mm. to Kelly. But it was just a bit like, oh no, he's going to babysit the kebab shop. <laughs> um, Leanne is saying at this point, we need to go to the police, Simon. This has gone too far. It's my fault. I let it go on. But sorry, we need to do this. And Simon says, "We can't. I've been delivering drugs. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get." Taken Have you in. not been reading the plot synopsis, woman? Yeah, she says, "Don't worry about that, Simon. You were groomed. It's not your fault." <laughs> and, and to be fair, he kind of was. I, I don't I know how. I looked up this county lines thing. How I, I, do you think the police would be in any way lenient on Simon? It depends on where the cutoff point is. What age wise? Or yeah, because he's seventeen. And I don't know what that means regarding. Well, he's still a minor, isn't he? I guess. Are. I don't know. And I suppose if Harvey is this big drugs villain lord of well, Weatherfield, and, he, about... and he's known for doing this kind of yeah. thing, if he's got information that they can use to get a conviction for somebody who's a much bigger fish than Simon, he'll be all right. Mm. Leanne says, "If uh, she said at one point, if Harvey knows that we've talked to the police, then he'll." leave you alone that was the stupidest logic i've ever heard in my yeah. life are you listening to yourself works, she'll go oh i don't want that mm. that's a bad thing dev meanwhile has <sighs> arrived at the hospital hoiks asher out and wants to talk to her back at home and then chesney this is when he comes over to our simon to cover at the chip shop later he says he can't also chesney says well kelly's no, who was it? yeah was it chesney then says yeah oh kelly's taken drugs and ches no and then simon is like Bloody oh, hell, no. those are probably the drugs that I gave her. I'm, have I killed R. Kelly? So Hopefully. After Chesney leaves, Simon says Leanne where she got those drugs well, from. Well, he also just, And he's like, yeah, sorry, I've changed my mind. I really, 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 really definitely can't go to the police with you now. He's absolutely terrified, bless him. Well, this annoys me because I would personally, if I was him, put this on completely on Kelly. Because... 
seems to me not i haven't done drugs we t- we do we released our drugs chat um episode on youtube on just YouTube the other day. this week and so we talk a bit more about it still haven't done any drugs since no. then lockdown but i'm going to presume that a pill is like a serving <laughs> and if you take two you're greedy and you deserve to <laughs> yeah, go to hospital. To so really, it's not his fault. He's completely... She was totally greedy. She Why? took two. Yeah. All because matter. somebody else has moved into her foster or home. Also because they went, don't take any. We're going to go and get booze. And she's like, oh, I could share. We could, like, th- two pills between three. Nah. Two pills between two. Mm, okay. Two pills between two one. Three. Sounds fantastic. You're right. It's totally her fault. Yeah. No, she did. She did. It's not paracetamol. Kind of blackmail you, Simon into getting always, the pills. They, so they sell you two, like they sell you packs, and you're supposed to take two. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I, I can see why Simon would be utterly terrified. But this is why Leanne. This, this is this is where Leanne needs to say, it's already got out of hand. This week it's it's Kelly. Next week, who else is it going to be? It's not going to get better from here on out. Mm. Well, she's she's got her own plan, hasn't she? Which we, which we hear about later. Meanwhile, Deb is um, taking Asher to Roy's and says, look, Nina, do you know anything about what's been going on with these drugs? Are you involved in this? Asher leaves and Nina, this is when she no. reveals to Dev that they've split up and says, look, you really need to give Asher a bit of love right now. She's feeling a bit delicate. So he does. They go back home. Dev's understanding. Asher says, look, I wasn't going to take any she's drugs, honestly, I swear. I, was she? I don't know. She's I think- a liar. I think that maybe she got in over her head a little bit. I think she was kind of she saying she would, but she'd have pulled out at the last moment. No, she would have Kelly's taken Kelly's got a shaved eyebrow. She's tough. A- Asha, she wears glasses. No way is she taking those gloves. <laughs> gloves? Drugs? <laughs> oh, gloves are like gloves. You're a terrible stereotyper, and I don't stand behind <laughs> anything that either of us said the whole time. Um, and Asha's like, and I never will take them after today. So she's learned a lesson. So some good has come out of Liar. this. Um he he's like, look, everything that's happened with Nina, I understand. You can talk to me if you want to. And she's like, I I I don't think there's some things that there's still I can't talk to you about, Dad. Sorry. Um, so like we find out Leanne's plan later, at the end of the episode. She is going to go and meet Harvey tomorrow and pay him off in All the right, only yeah. way that she knows that she can. So um, uh, I hope, yeah, Harvey's going to get lucky next week, I think. I don't think that it's worth two thousand pounds. <laughs> so what a predicament. Is it? Yeah, I was really, I was really excited by this, and I and because of this interview with Jack that I had coming up, <laughs> I had read quite a lot of the synopsis for tonight's episode, and and oh. as I was watching it, I was, I was like, oh, I don't want to read this. This sounds quite exciting, and I kind of spoiled it for myself. But as I was watching it, I was like, no, this is this is quite good. Okay, I, I've enjoyed having the two stories mix up. All the teens together is is quite interesting. I don't, you know, loathe Kelly quite as much as you did. And I actually, hate I thought so that much. she was all right in the scene where she was getting the drugs. I really, um, I'm kind of scared about how much I hate Kelly. Why? why do you? I don't know. I was thinking it's, this myself earlier. I've been thinking about it on an awful day. It's irrational. It is. It's horrible. I'm really. It's a really unfair thing for me to be so. I mean, it's not the. It's not a bad actress. She's she not a performer. No, I'm not complaining I, I, I about think her performance. To me. The problem is she's kind she's of this very... ancillary teen character that's a hanger-on to this long-drawn-out written she Neil and Gary very... Windass story. Uh, you certainly cannot say that anything I've said about disliking her character is a result of her, the actress, giving a poor performance. If anything, it's the opposite way around. Because she is very convincing, like, teenage... But it's because... I think it's like I said before. When I was at school, these were the girls that would also always bully people and pick on people like me. Mm. She she's one of these like glossy glam 
makeupy girls who care about boys and drugs and drinking and you know know all the drug dealer people and they would just pick on everybody else i i and i just I've don't like not her. had that experience but i for me <laughs> i think it is the fact that she's just this lingering reminder that the gary rick nealon story is still dragging on like well, all these years later yeah at the end of the day my dislike of of kelly is is like a me thing not a her thing mm. you know mm. Still possibilities to change her mind. Maybe, maybe, I maybe they'll... Um, I never change my mind. Maybe they'll redeem her or something. But yeah, I, th- I no, think... No, that's not true. I do change my mind. What What, what do you reckon's going to happen when Leanne goes over to see Harvey then? Oh, he'll say, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, You're completely right. I feel like an absolute cad. My apologies. I will refund you and leave Simon alone immediately. In fact, don't worry about giving me any money. It will be fine. You're welcome. I, I think that she's very, very naive to think that if she so tries to pay off this drugs lord, He'll go, he's oh, going to wipe the exactly slate the clean and say, I will I move on now. I won't assume you've got any more than this. Yeah. You I mean, idiot. the fact that at the beginning of today's episode, Simon didn't actually owe Harvey anything. And... Well, he did owe him money. This is what Jacob said. Well, not much. But Michael, he never told him how much he owed him. So, so that just means that the, the tab is always going up, isn't it? Yeah, it's a I nebulous so. amount of money. It's like there's it, nothing stopping Harvey just saying, "Actually, well, no, yeah. you owe me more. You owe me now, more." Yeah, exactly. Because uh, he owes him money for this bike. He owes him money for the phone. He owes him money for the drugs that um, Jacob was stealing. Whatever. Mm. It's all nonsense and lies. Do, do because you... he's. It's not about the real amount, is it? It's about having power over somebody else and making them do what you tell them to do. Yeah. Do you think that she should just go to the police? I mean, yes, that, of course she should. That's done usually, ages ago. usually in Coronation Street when people should go to the police. Generally, they don't, they don't do they? Nope. But I mean, if I had, you know, PC Listen. Tinker as my um, <laughs> representative at the local constabulary, I think like, yeah, they probably Every won't be able to do anything useful, actually. Although, where is Craig during all of this? Nowhere. A couple of weeks ago, you couldn't get rid of him. He was, you know, whenever there was a snifter of a, of a minor fracas on the street, Craig was there to sort things out. And now there's drug dealing going on at Victoria Gardens and he's don't see the hide sight the hide nor hair of him. Yeah. Anything there? Well, just, you know, at every point they've got along the line, they've said, Oh, we can't go to the police now because this has happened. And every single time something different happens, it's just another reason not to go to the police. But if they'd gone in the first place, the other the, the escalations wouldn't have happened, would they? Mm. Uh, this is why it's so so bleh. It it, it was uh, no, I still think it's great, and I really did like. I like Harvey. I think that he's made a really good first impression. Tell me of who me. Harvey is. What do you mean? Harvey's a new character. Well, yeah. I don't. What do you need telling? So he's he's the he's. I, I I thought that he made a... I thought he came across as a very convincing, tough guy. He wasn't, you know, he was no Mick the gangster, was he? I mean, when Leanne said, I'm going to go and sort Harvey out, I th- I kind of said to you, I'll just send Eileen round. She'll sort him out, just like she did Mick. But, yeah, to be fair, Mick was a bit of a softie compared to Harvey. I think he, he's got the potential to be a pretty effective villain. What, what did you think? My main point of bringing it up that who is Harvey, was I thought you were going to say, Harvey is played by Will Meller. Oh, yeah, and I was Will Meller in the UK is probably most famous for being um, a, a comic character in Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps. Oh, no, which I, you never watched. I never watched But it watched was, that. I think, uh, like a um, an early 2000s um, 
comedy series is pretty funny. Ran for quite a long time. Um, it's got also got Sheridan Smith in it, who um, people might recognise. I think he does famous. a podcast as well, doesn't he? Um, He's doing a bit of promo everybody on Twitter does for that. Podcast these days. He was also in Broadchurch. Um, oh, Line of Duty as well. We must have seen him on that. He wasn't in Line of Duty. I don't know. I can't find that. There? No. Who am I thinking of that was in Line of Duty? He was in Hollyoaks for seventy three episodes, and he was also in Casualty for for two years mm. um, as Jack Vincent. Well, I've not. I I and he was in I don't, EastEnders for three episodes. I don't remember him from anything. If I've seen him in anything, I forgot. Oh, he an was episode. no, he was there in Line of Duty for two episodes. Oh, okay. So I don't think he was a major character. No, so I've not seen him. I've got no preconceptions about what he is and isn't like. But um, but he's a fairly sort of recognisable actor, isn't he? He's yeah. um. But so so this what, might, what, what, this makes me think this will be a meaty-ish role. I don't know. It feels like it. It's but when Although he, he was, was in EastEnders for like two episodes. When so. he was threatening Simon, I I definitely I definitely felt that. Oh, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing more of what he's like. And um and I, I suppose this might be a good time for me to talk about this the Cory Press Day at last that I did. When was it? Like four or five weeks ago? I can't even remember now. So, well, then why when I said tell me about tell me about this character you're like what do you mean and then and then you're saying oh yeah i went to a press day well i think that, that's sake. what you're angling at oh wow what else could it have been well okay okay so look my bad mood extends to everybody including you oh. not just coronation street so you're not getting out of there <laughs> so we went to the curry press day. Well, i didn't go anywhere you did i did i got myself an invite to a curry press day about a month ago and among the guests there were will meller and also uh, Vince Morgan, who plays Uncle Uncle Ronnie yeah. and Uncle Ronnie Bailey, uh, which we maybe talk a bit more about later. But I haven't said much about the press day so far because so much was under embargo. But most of it is it up? Are you it. sure? Yeah, yeah. This okay. this bit of it definitely to say is. This? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It was. I just wanted to talk about the experience, really. So I I heard that the press day was going on, and I I emailed Alison Sinclair, the the head press lady at Coronation Street and said, can I come to her, please? So She's she, a boss babe. She sent, sent me a link and, and I had to download Zoom because I didn't have Zoom on my computer despite, you know, everything's Living going on over the last Living through a pandemic for a year. <laughs> and it, it was just really cool. So I went in there and, and there were about, I don't know, 16, 20 of us sort of journalists and um, and and uh, there was Ryan from the Coronation Street blog as well there that I recognised and we had a little panel. There was Ali Sinclair and there was Janice Troop and Francesca from the, from the Curry Press team and um, yeah, at various points, the different people um, showed up on screen and they, and they did their interviews. And it wasn't necessarily a thing, um, as press members, I guess I include myself in this, we did kind of have the opportunity to ask some questions just via the chat on, um, on Zoom. But it was pretty much um, Ali Sinclair interviewing these these guests or there was one where where Frankie did some interviewing I can't remember who interviewed who and we just kind of sat back and, and watched and listened and take took notes and everything but yeah Will Will Mello came across as a really nice guy and um it was his second week filming um when he did it he was just there on his phone he was in the, he was in the studios it was his first day in the studios when he was doing this press day and he said um yeah it's the first time I've been inside I, I've been in I've done I've only done my scenes in Victoria Gardens up to this point. And he, he just, yeah, he talked about you know, getting a part on Coronation Street. He was said, he, he used to joke that he was the only Northern actor who's never been asked to be on Coronation Street. So he, he felt that this was, yeah, at long last I've got a chance to, you know, to 
It's like living the Man- Mancunian dream, isn't it? I'm sure so many Manchester actors grow up wanting to have a part in Coronation Street. And his mum, he said his mum has wanted him to have a role in Coronation Street for 32 years. So finally he's been able to make her proud. Um, and he, he just came across as being very, very thankful for having this opportunity to to tread on the commons, really. And his... his um, his point of view on the character, he kind of saw him as somebody who was turning innocent people into drug dealers because they're not on the radar. And this is a little bit of what I was saying a couple of weeks ago where when Jacob um, heard that Simon had been in trouble with the law a few years ago, he was a little bit worried at first. But then when he found out it was just, you know, worrying granny bothering, um, he, he didn't mind so much. So Jake, so Harvey goes around looking for people that are susceptible and... Um, yeah, easily manipulated into t- taking this turn into a life of crime, but not being picked up by the police by it because they just, you know, as I say, as he said, he's under the radar. He said that he wants him to be. He's quite an arrogant character. He, he feels that he can't be touched. So I don't know whether that's going to come around and bite him in the bum at some point, which it obviously has for Jacob because he was also. Yeah, you know, is there a bigger fish? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He says he doesn't have any sympathy for anybody, and it's all about self gain. And I definitely got that from tonight's performance. He didn't care that he was, you know, what effect he was having on Simon. He was clearly well out of his depth. He was oh, like, well, living the dream. Imagine how liberating it would be to not care about anybody but yourself. He talked about uh, he talked about his costume that helped him get into the role. He said it kind of gave him a bit more swagger. <laughs> I know his this boots and his trainers. Listen, but I'm bling. reading what you've written here, and it, it sounds really funny to me because he he gave himself a parting. <laughs> not to look tough, but because he wanted to look a little bit different to, to how he's looked in other things. <laughs> Just I know this is a sit. I'm not. Don't mean to to be to uh, take them take the mic but it's just kind of imagine him in front of a mirror and sort of like looking at himself like i don't know how to do this and then he suddenly has an idea and gets a, a comb and just like parts his hair and goes ah i have done it i am a new man they won't recognize me mother uh, don't be scared it's me will <laughs> he says he doesn't want to be a cartoon baddie um, oh, he, good. He wants, this is what you were saying, weren't we? Yeah. About and the... he's really he is not coming across as a cartoon baddie at all so far. He says he wants to be like the real people who are out there on the street. There, he said there <gasps> will be an element of dark comedy in there, but he said really important there that there's this fear factor um, <laughs> surrounding it's me being Harvey. He yeah he said um, he's a bit apprehensive about being in a villain in a story with characters that people care about. Don't but worry he's about it. Hoping that um, <laughs> people are going to get into this and watch and enjoy the story. And, <laughs> Who um, is he talking about? Because so far the main victims have been Leanne. Who's you know people like Leanne. I had I had uh, really into Leanne recently, but she's become quite annoying. Um, Simon, who is a driveling moron, and R. Kelly, who I was kind of hoping would die. People, people like <laughs> Kelly. I'm sorry to, to bring that to you. Are you joking? <laughs> I can't get behind this. Um, he basically he says <laughs> at the end of the day he wants people to say that Harvey was a good badden. Wow, good. So that, he, he wants he's angling for the wrong award. That's that's the extent of my notes from the press day. Do you think? Well, oh yeah, maybe, maybe. But it was it was a really really fun experience. But it has been funny. It's been unusual watching yeah. Coronation Street since because this was obviously a month ago so some of the stuff that's been going on <laughs> now I've known for a lot longer than I would ever know any other spoilers before and I've I've kind of not Do liked Do you like it, no? 
you no. going to do it again? Well, I don't know. I might do it. You can complain it's if you diff- don't get it's invited. It's difficult. Yeah, maybe that's a problem. It's been difficult knowing things. Um, and you're not, not being able and to confirm never, or deny theories or even speculate. you've never had that problem speculate. before, have you? What? Knowing things. Well, you've you, never had been burdened with that, have you? I, I it, Sometimes <laughs> I know what's happening. That's being me being me. I know, I know. Sometimes I'll know what's going to happen, but not maybe not this far in advance. But um, yeah, it was it was really, really fun experience going on that press day. So thank you very much, Alison Sinclair, for letting me on your chat. Um, it's good. It's, it's a positive... Like, one good thing that's come out of the pandemic is that we actually got to experience a, a press day because yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. set up for remote viewing, which is very handy yes. when you're based in Southampton and exactly. you're talking about things that happen in Manchester. Exactly. Um, so just before we move on to the next story, I just wanted, what do you, th- what do you think about Nina and Asher splitting? Were you surprised that they split so early? Well, you know, even just a week ago or however long ago it was, I said, I don't know if they're going to be together next year. I know, no, I'm surprised I, I, that it was so soon, though. I am. Um, so I didn't, even though I said I knew some things that were happening, I didn't know that they were going to split up. I didn't know that they were going to get embroiled in it with the drugs. And, but I kind and of everything. imagine they're going to get back together again. Yeah, I kind of do as well. But then I think, the, I the, think the, they Nina really was being need... very open and honest with Roy. And if she does get back with Asher, I'm thinking, no, because it, it's clearly not right No, but for I you. think she might have said those things because she was trying to justify in her own mind, you know, sometimes when like, this is the thing that um, I took, I talked about this a bit before. You're not so, you're not so smart. I think it's called, but basically quite often you will make a decision and then you will come up with reasons after the fact to justify what your decision was, but they weren't actually part of your decision-making process. You just make, you just trick yourself into thinking that it was. So her saying, Oh, you were very dissimilar from, from one another. I think that was just her retroactively applying that I don't think that's an issue because you really like the Spice Girls and you know I'm not so well, you know much... chalk and cheese and everything well this is the thing it really doesn't make any difference I found it fascinating how Nina talked about how the age gap was and, and it's not you know I mean, when you're a child a couple of years is a lot isn't yes, it she it is. said the age gap she's felt not, even more apparent yeah. Nina has kind of grown up Asher likes a little mix and and it may be when Asha, if Asha does grow up in a few years, then maybe Nina will feel like she wants to give another pop then. But Yeah, because the the age gap's already pretty big for that age group. Yeah. And then you add in that Nina's had to be quite a mature person yeah, and Asha hasn't. And I think Nina was being a bit, I don't know. She basically said that I've had to grow up because I didn't have the support that Asha had. Mm. And I think that Asha would argue that perhaps that she, it wasn't quite as an idyllic um, experience as perhaps Nina imagines it to be as somebody that didn't have that support system. Mm. Um, but, you know, she's right to say that Asha's had, you know, a nanny, a dad, a twin brother. Yeah, it's another world. I, I, yeah, I, I think that, um, I don't know what I think. I, I, I really, I really enjoyed Nina kind of musing over with Roy about, you know, Life. I think what happened was they, they they entered into it with different expectations and Asha really made this relationship into a fantasy in her mind. Yeah, she thought it was, she thought it was she romance really of the century. She didn't... Right from the start, yeah, Nina was saying... she idealised Nina. Like, right from the start, Nina was saying, let's take it slow. Yeah, yeah. And, Nina's and t- been putting the brakes on today when she was time. saying we were fab as friends that kind of ties into what we were saying a lot of people before this romance started before the kiss in the cafe people were saying oh, i really love the friendship between asher and nina i wonder if they'll get them together and and turn them into a 
uh, a lesbian couple together. And, and we were and saying, they, no, we just want a, a good friend. Yeah, we did. And, and maybe maybe they are better as friends because I really, really I've, not, I've not not liked them as a couple, but we've not really seen them much as a couple because Nina's been backing off so much. Yeah, they haven't really been a couple probably because of COVID restrictions yeah. as well as everything else. I think... I don't mind one be, way or another if they do. I don't really mind, but it's a shame to lose a lesbian couple, no labels, but I keep trying to not avoid saying the word lesbian because they don't like that word, but um, it, it is representation for people that are not represented on the show. So it's a shame to, to lose out on it. And I think that... But I do think it's an important part of the experience of, of gay women to have this kind of, you know almost like a girl crush infatuation where somebody came on really strong to, and somebody else didn't like it. It can't all just be either, you know, absolute tear-streaked, tragic Carna. deaths, carnage, or... <laughs> um, I can't even think of it, you know... There's, there's usually no alternative with these soaps kind uh, of like lesbian relationships. A nice... Either a really nice, uncomplicated and unproblematic lesbian couple or... This kind of like really awkward, you know, who whose side are you even on? Mm. I don't know. I think it's nicely complicated, and it 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 enriches the kind of experience of of gay characters on the show. What I think is a, is a shame, I suppose, is that we we talked on the podcast just recently about how Corey seemed very invested in this relationship and and examining it, and it isn't just about for snogging. Let's go to bed. You know, yeah. they, they've talked about their feelings and. <clears throat> And we've seen it develop properly and it's a shame that we don't get more of that because so many relationships are just let's, let's throw these two characters together. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's... It... But, you know, I, I said that last time, but, you know, that's not strictly true because we've had the minutia of, of Peter and Carla's relationship for about, you know, 10 years or whoever and I don't care anymore. Mm. I'd rather I'd rather be invested in in two characters in for a short space of time like this than to have it drag on forever and ever and ever and just get sick and tired of... I think if they don't get back together, people will be talking and wondering when it will happen, though. That's the thing. Yeah, and I also think kind of that people will thing. rightfully say, can we please have two, you know, a gay, yeah. a gay female couple because we don't have that representation. Mm. I, I'm, I'm interested in the fact that these characters are now in with the drug story because I, I've enjoyed the drug story, I've enjoyed this story and merging them is quite gonna... delicious for me. Really? I yes. don't think it's going to continue Do you not? this week. you think R-, R. Kelly's going to get better and that's going to be the end of it? They'll be like, oh, we've reconfirmed what our hypothesis had been before mm. this, that drugs are bad. I mean, we're assuming that Kelly will be okay. I I, I just I just really hope be Jacob is going to be okay. I really, really hope Jacob's going to be okay. I mean, gut- I mean, it'd be it'd be quite exciting, and it'd you know ramp up the the stakes if Jacob was killed by <coughs> this, wouldn't it? Because Simon would be not um, only am I in this dark and dodgy world where people get you know locked in the boots of cars and everything, but my mate at the killed. chip shop has been killed. And guess what? What his liver and his exact match for Peter Barlow. Oh, that'd Barlow. be handy. <laughs> right. Let's move on to the next story. We've gone to our short stories now. Telly sales and marketing. Back to the um, the less high stakes stories of the week. My go. It's your go. You know what? I just feel like I've got a bit of a sore throat. You or something really? Coming got on. A I feel bit a bit hoarse and croaky. I'm a yeah. bit Phyllis Pierce today. Well, I've got coke or coffee, and you don't like either of them. 
On Monday, Todd is not happy at the news that Dylan wants to come over in the holidays, which I think is a bit harsh because he was in... What was that programme he was in? Um, Brassic? What was he in? No, not Brassic. Um, the old dude was in Brassic. I yeah, I know. Remember. What was the show he was in? Don't know. He's in a show, so don't be rude. Sean is feeling shunned at work and Kirk's annoyed with him because Kirk suddenly decided that he's like the moral compass of Weatherfield. Didn't like Kirk this week. No, I'm glad he fell over. I was really vindictive this week. Ridian shows up. Hurrah! I love Ridian. He's he's like a really creepy looking guy. That I know that you know, don't make... make fun of people's faces. No, I'm not. I'm saying that there's just the way he's made up his his makeup. I know he's done it himself. I guess his costume, everything just looks so like fake and superficial of course it's supposed and, to and be. it fits perfectly with his personality yeah. i love it i love his accent i i love this accent and there was a scene at some point where todd and uh, on wednesday todd and ridian oh, were yeah. talking and it was like ridian was has this very um thick welsh accent and todd who's actually the actor's actually welsh yeah, in real life is putting on his northern accent and i'm like, i wonder whether when they said cut i wonder if they were just speaking in welsh do you think that they can both well, I know that um, Gareth, Pierce, Gareth Pierce speaks Welsh. <clears throat> so on um, Monday, yeah. So Ridian's like, "Oh, you've got you can't give up now. You've got to get your capture your dreams. You'll never you you loop, miss on, every." What's he saying it's in Welsh accent? I'm not going to do it. You miss every <laughs> hit swing. You don't hit. Oh, I don't know. Oh, he's just like the, the sales don't pattern quit. that he uses. To get it's his customers, it's all boss babe stuff. It's, it's all... like you got to you, you, the your dreams are in your hands. Yeah, you, you just you, trotting out. I these know you can do lines. it. I, I've got of all the people that I know, I've got faith in you the most. You're the one that can do this. If anyone can, says, you've got something about you, Sean. <laughs> I know I say this to everybody, but you. When I see you, I see something different. Oh God! I think you can really do it. Just don't give up. Keep trying. All right. Well done. <laughs> Um, Kirk's narky at Sean because he's he's annoyed that Sean's roped Gemma into this sales thing and cost her a load of money. Kirk was like mini Steve this week because every time he seemed to show up in a scene, it was just to to admonish people. Yeah, um, Kirk's fallen over because pride comes before a fall, <laughs> and Sean Sean's Sean's listening to his headphones, and literally every other person in the entire factory also was not listening to Kirk, which I think it kind of reminds me of um, Murder on the Orient Express, where everyone's like, what's that? Someone's died? I didn't know. <laughs> oh, what I liked about this is we actually got to see Sean do some sewing. Is this the first time? Yeah, I think so. In like eight, nine, ten months, or even ever in that new factory, yeah, actually, that they... we have seen somebody sitting at a sewing machine. Maybe they had um, the machines on back order. <laughs> yeah, and maybe. And they just stand up. Yeah, nobody hears him, um, but it looks like he's fine. And Nick is there. Nick finds him, doesn't he? Because nobody else hears this. Yeah. And because he's... Sean is the only worker in the factory. No, there was another person behind him who also was listening to their headphones. Oh, were they? Yeah. There was this famous murder case in America where this guy was shot to death on the main street of a town and there were like 40 witnesses and nobody said they saw anything because they all hated him oh, yeah, so I've heard much. That. I think I've said it before on the podcast. This is what it reminded me of. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't care if Kirk fell over. He's stupid. Oh, they love Kirk. <laughs> he was being a bit of an annoying uh, guy. I can't. I can only think of swear words. <laughs> he slipped on one of the leaky bottles of body serum, and Nick is 
confused. Why is all this stuff being stored here? Because I certainly didn't give you permission to say that you could put them here. Um, and Sean's like, oops, oh dear. Kirk was told that Nick said it was fine. So he's annoyed again on top of all the other reasons why he's annoyed with Sean. And Nick says, you could have killed Kirk. Because <laughs> you know he's dumb. He could have gone through a window. <laughs> Sean, If he'd have landed on his head though, it would have been fine. Might knock some sense into him. Sean saves Nick the aggro and quits his job. Kind of like not in a half butt. That was fairly amicable, wasn't it? Well, he was like, okay, bye. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, he's not like the most, the best sewer that they've got. No. So he, yeah, so that's that's kind of the end of that, really. So so Todd's talking to, to Eileen and says, don't let Dylan come round. I'm sick and tired of people living here. It's like, that's a bit rich, considering you're a grown man telling your mum that you don't want her friends to come round. Yes. Sean tells Todd and Eileen about what happened and the fact that he has not got a job anymore. And he's like, oh, you know the rent. (laughs) Maybe I'll just owe it to you. And Eileen's like, I don't think that's right. I'm trying to be assertive here. And... And Todd and Sean's Sean gets a bee in his bonnet because he can see that Todd's been in Eileen's ear about how Sean really shouldn't be yeah be there. So he gets a little bit bended, doesn't he? Oh, it goes off. Um, Wednesday, um, Todd sees Ridian in his flash car and he's all very impressed um, with it. And he goes to have a look, and then Abby comes out of the house while Ridian's distracted and sees Todd and says, "Oh yeah, we work on these cars. This is that lease guy." And he's like, what do you mean? Ridian said he bought this. And Abby says, no, this is a lease car. Um, we do, we do yeah, all that, whatever. And Todd goes back to Abby and says, can you, can you get the person who leased this car? Because I want to find out some more information. And he says, no. She says, no. And he says, oh, I don't even care. I don't even know what that scene was about particularly. Oh, nothing really. It's just him confirming his suspicions. He's, he's, he's building up his portfolio of evidence that Ridian is... You know, a bit of a dodgy geezer. I don't know why Todd's so invested in this. This is what I don't get because unless he's like, ha ha, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna push Sean further into this because I'm like the Loki of Coronation Street, and I like mischief. Yeah, he's yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's got a bit of a soft spot for Sean. Ridian's got this photo of this well-off looking guy and he's shown it to Sean saying, oh, this guy was in the same place as you three years ago and now look at him. He lives in a massive house. He's got his own duck pond. And, and a hot tub. It's the same. It's actually combined. <laughs> it's, it's a hot it's tub. it's just a rubber duck. duck. And it really stinks because all the poo's getting heated up. <laughs> and honestly, I think, bubbling around. I think he wishes he hadn't had it put in, <laughs> to be honest. But you don't make the same mistakes as him. Mm. Um, but you could be him in three years' time. Yeah. With separate hot tub and duck, duck pond. Um, Todd tells Eileen about this and he's like, oh, I'm worried about this because I've suddenly grown a conscience. And he pesters Eileen to mention this to Sean. So she agrees to, but Sean doesn't want to hear it because he completely trusts Ridian. He's got a fa- fancy car. He's got a photo of a guy with a duck pond. How can you fake this? Eileen says, you need to tell Ridian where to go. So Sean, just like whatever the last person spoke to him, he believes what they say. So he speaks to Ridian, he comes away going, I'm going to have a duck pond. Then he speaks to Eileen and he comes away going, he's calling me. Then he speaks to Ridian and he's like, no, duck pond. What does he want a duck pond for? Anyway, he goes so to the cafe. So he can put his flamingos in it. 
Yeah, I would actually love a flock of flamingos, but yeah, I'd only sure. like them if they could do evil deeds. Evil flamingos? Yeah. Don't you think that'd be cool? You'd never suspect the flamingo. Exactly. It's like my flamingo Nobody gang. ever suspects the flamingo. <laughs> Sean meets Ridian in the cafe and says, you're a liar. And Ridian says, actually, just because I lease a car doesn't mean that I am not rich. Because actually, if you're like me, you change your car every couple of years. So why would you buy it? Yeah, he says that if my clients see that I've got this, the latest car, it helps them, you know, feel at ease and that, that they can trust me. But I, I really am really rich I'm and rich. successful. Yeah. Um, you've got, you also could be rich. Uh, did I mention this? And I think you are going to do very well. Yeah, you're you've going to go a long way, potential. Sean. Um, I want you front and centre on my next big sales talk. You, you're going to gonna get more than one duck pond. Sean sees Todd and says, well... I spoke to Ridian and he is definitely rich and um, I don't care. I'm going to be a salesman and I'm going to become Duck Pond Maven of Weatherfield. <laughs> and then his flash car turns up and uh, Todd says, why the hell have you got this car now? How can you afford this? And, and Sean goes, don't worry, Ridian is leasing it for me and he's paying for everything. Me thinks that he may have to pay that back at some point. Me thinks that perhaps uh, Ridian got Sean to sign something and said it was just some some little inconsequential inter- uh, contract something or other. Mm. And it's going to turn out Sean's paying for Ridian's car as well as his own. Wouldn't surprise me, wouldn't line. surprise me. How did you feel about this story now that it's had a bit more time dedicated to it? I think this is the most we've seen this in one week. And I, I know that it wasn't, it was in no way the A story, but... And it, yeah, it feels like they've they've given it a bit more to breathe, and and I suppose what I'm I'm surprised that it's still going still. I'm really surprised they've picked Sean. Why to do this storyline? Because I don't think he's a very sympathetic character, and he's also not the sort of person who typically is a target for thing people like this. Ridian and people like him pray more often, and I'm not. Um, on sort of mums who want to earn money for their kids and to, can't go out to work for, for various reasons. It's I mean, far Sh- more... Sean wants to get more money to impress Dylan. I know though, he does. He? I know he does. But you, can you see the difference between yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, make, doing an MLM story and, and choosing a character who is really hard up, who needs the money to feed their children and is, is roped into even ever more desperate measures to to maintain this the sales targets you know and versus a, a man who really is quite comfortable and is sort of trying to live a lie to impress his kid mm. who actually never really expressed that much interest in his father providing for him no you know he's very he's very happy where he is. Sean mum, is trying to compete Sh- with, Vi- is, with Violet for his own. Yeah, Sean is being quite vain here, and what a bit self Sean vain, a bit self destructive, again, and and somewhat unsympathetic. To, I think because I I really was interested in the MLM thing because I I've been kind of fascinated with some of the stories that have come out about how comprehensively it can ruin your life to be part of some of these schemes. Mm. And I think it's a really important thing for Coronation Street to tackle. But again, I think they've they've picked the wrong character. The same for, with Sean and his homelessness storyline. Because I just don't... I think that Sean is a, is a very controversial character. I don't think he's 
I think he's liked by lots of people, but I don't think he's a universally liked character. Uh, no, not quite. I don't think well, he's exactly. despised by a lot more people than well, he's okay, liked. Well, OK, I'm I, trying to be tactful about this. So I, why, I like Sean, why pick but I do characters think... that where the fundamental basis of the story rely, really requires you to like or sympathise with the character that is going through it? I wonder because whether... Both of these things are the homelessness stuff and the MLM stuff are things that can be fund- really misunderstood by people, and a lot of the time people do blame the victims of these of these things for 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 falling, you know, or like for, you know, lots of times people blame homeless people for being homeless. They think they've done something wrong. Lots of times people blame victims of MLM schemes for being not clever enough to see through these sophisticated tricks, mm. and so to pick somebody that people already are not actually sympathetic towards feels like a kind of um, shooting yourself in the foot. At I the think very beginning. maybe they're just trying to make us um, sympathise for Sean. Like, let, how, how on earth can we get people to like Sean? Because, you know, he's not going anywhere. Maybe maybe this will make people feel sorry for him. I don't know. But even I, and, and I don't have any beef with Sean at all. I quite like you him, really. I do seem to think that he deserves whatever he's got coming to him with this, especially after... He's been Not... literally been confronted with the negative impact that, that this is having. Yeah, and he's just turning a blind eye to it. And, and he's, he's literally he's been, been warned as well. Yeah, he's been warned. He's been given, you know, this proof that Ridian's a bit, you know, not as honest as he once thought that he was. And, and he's still, you know, saying, oh, no, he, he, he's saying, I don't care. I, I believe you. He's kind you. of blinded by greed, you know, and it's difficult to... yeah. Although is is it greed because yeah. he wants to he wants the money for pond. Dylan he wants a duck pond he is he is such a superficial character yeah. that you know he he would love the high life I suppose but I think I think we're supposed to think that he's doing it for Dylan um, I mean I can see that you know perhaps we're supposed to think oh he's lost sight of it, the original reason that he got into this yada yada mm. oh well we'll we'll see it's not over yet I'm I'm, I'm I'm not hating this story. I'm enjoying that it's it still feels fresh and different. Yeah. Sean having a story. I'm I glad am... that they've picked something that's that's to- feels topical and yeah. it's not been done before. No, and as I say, Ridian is is fantastic. I I want him more. Uh, or do I? Or do I not? And will the shine wear off him if I see him more? We we're just treated to these occasional. The only glimpses. thing I'll say about Ridian is that he is definitely a comedy. Feels like a comedy character to me, and. Yeah, well, I think in a way we're supposed to be egging Ridian on when he's conning Sean. Maybe yeah, that's the d- problem. Yeah, and I think if you were trying to do an MLM story that was sympathetic to people that get sucked into these things, mm. you wouldn't pick somebody that's quite so obviously a flimflam man. Yeah, when I'm watching him, I'm going, how could anybody fall for this? He's like the guy in The Simpsons who turns up to sell them a monorail. He is. He's totally the Lyle Langley of Weatherfield. You're right. <laughs> he is. And and even though Money. he was a villain, he was so fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, he's charismatic. He's way yeah. Oh, Phil Hartman, RIP. I know. Um, but yeah, no, he is, and and we're almost enjoying watching him screwing Sean yeah, over in a him. similar way that when Todd was being a bit manipulative with with uh, what's his name, Paul and Billy, four or five months ago, we were kind of secretly cheering Going, Todd <laughs> on because it was a lot more fun. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's that's why I'm enjoying that storyline still. Now, still bubbling away and um, heading towards a um, very obvious train wreck, it seems, is the Downward Dob story. And there wasn't a whole lot that happened there here. Was but... so, can I just say, this week, there was so much pet hate 
on Coronation Street. I couldn't quite cope with it. This is probably another thing that wound me up. Yeah. So um, we, we find out more about this uh, these yoga lessons that Tyrone's having at the community centre or speed dial or wherever it's supposed to be. And surprise, surprise, yes, Alina is going to those with him because he's accidentally taken her yoga mat home by mistake. <laughs> um, and Fizz... Fizz I've seen different reactions to her behaviour oh, on Monday. Yes. This is because she she kind of makes fun of Tyrone and is like saying, Oh, anyone would think that you fancy her and he's like, Oh yeah, ha ha, hilarious. And um she kind of eggs well, she kind of goads really him later, doesn't she? She's trying to get him to admit that he fancies Alina and she just thinks the whole thing is hilarious that somebody as as old as him would be going out would, would be interested well, it's not even or, or, or it's like, capable of attracting think... the attention of this young girl. Yeah, how do you think you, Tyrone, you clapped out old bloke yeah. are gonna get Alina to fancy you? Yeah. And she doesn't even realise she's she's actually um Insulting herself. <laughs> she, at the end of the Monday's episode, apologises to him a bit for teasing him. I think she still carries on later in the week. Yeah. She says, I know you don't fancy her. You're old enough to be her dad. And Cotone <laughs> is clearly a little bit offended at our accusation of being way out of Alina's league. So on Wednesday, um, we get the opportunity to um, to see a bit of bonding over over dead dogs between Alina and Tyrone because her poor dog back in I've written Romania here because I think she is Romania isn't it I think so um is is dead what's the name of the dog I don't know I didn't write it down so um and and we we see a difference in how Seb reacts to this news he doesn't really care he goes ha 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 dogs he 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 has not had pets it seems so he he's doesn't like, understand. I, yeah, he's like I can't I don't can't generate any sympathy because I've never had a pet. Mm. Like re- really, I really, know. you can't. So what? That makes no sense. That's like me saying I don't understand why people like their sisters. <laughs> well, oh, but before we. Seb had his hair down again a bit this week, didn't he? It's longer and longer. He's going to be able to sit on that soon. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, he he's it's luscious. He's not interested. It's like a waterfall of gravy. But Tyrone is because um, he's yeah. Ado's moniker, and it was very nice to get a shout out to Greyhound Monica. They all go for a coffee together, Tyrone and um, uh, Alina, so she can have a good old cry about it. Yes. Another person comes in with zero sympathy, Sarah Louise. Well, she's like, oh, I'm really sorry about the death in your family. You take as much time off as you need. Who was it that died? What a dog. <laughs> to be to be honest. I can see the I can see the kind of like we're we're quite busy though you know yeah not the whole week maybe come uh, back tomorrow won't you I think uh, I I think an employer at a family uh, it's not you know it's not a family business underworld obviously but there, there's a, it's a small business where everyone's kind of friends in a way I can understand somebody your boss sympathising if a dog has died and given you a bit of time off but. Yes, the, the I just found it funny when Sarah's like, oh yeah, I I had a pet. Well, we had this rabbit, what Benny, and, and somebody's like, no, it's Barney. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was quite funny. Yeah, um, people aren't very yeah, and she says, I I I we have a dog. I stroke him sometimes. Yeah, I I, I as much as she was like trying to sympathise, she wasn't really doing a very good job. No. Um, and then we have a little bit more insensitivity from Seb in the pub later, just to rub it in thick that um, she needs to go elsewhere if she wants a sympathetic shoulder to cry on. Um, and when they're having a game of snog, marry, avoid in the pub later, Elena mentions that there is maybe someone that she's Aww. got her eye on. Seb thinks it's him because he hasn't realised he's been um, just offending her 
for the whole of the day. Idiot. But yeah, so this this confirms that she does indeed have an eye on Ty. Wrong. Um, I don't know why. I'm just rhyming here all the way here. I thought you were going to do another rhyme. No. Um, no, I don't understand this either. He, I can he's understand shown why her a he bit would of fancy attention, her. Tension where he, you know, he helped her um, with her her spreadsheet. Yeah, I mean, he's pulled out of doing these yoga classes, hasn't he? I mean, I guess because he feels like there's the potential for something to develop. But I, I'm really sorry, but I have absolutely no sympathy for anybody who pursues a relationship with someone who they know is in a relationship already and, I know, have, and has is. children. Absolutely. I really can't... I, I really liked Alina, but... Loved Alina If she thinks that this is a good idea and that, you know, she's blameless at all... Yeah. Um, if she's starting to feel, have feelings for him, she needs to um, give herself a slap. This is not heading in a direction that I feel like I'm going to be particularly happy with. And it's nobody's in particular. It's not neither of their... It's not her responsibility more than it's his responsibility... Um, but you know, certainly not. She's not blameless. Mm. There are there are echoes of Kevin and Molly here as well, really and that, that doesn't sit very well with me, and, or, or would it with most Coronation Street viewers? I imagine because Kevin and Molly's no relationship is seen as a bit of a joke. There's no reason to pursue a relationship with somebody who has children. Is in a relationship. What What bad, was bad, your bad. Um, What was your impression of Fizz on Monday? Because I okay, came... this was yeah, go on. I came away with it because, you know, I love Fizz and I was a defend Fizz to, to oh, the yeah. hilt. And I, I came away thinking, oh, she's being quite nice about it, really. She's just giving him a gentle tease. Some some partners, wives, whatever would be like, oh, you fancy this young girl? Don't you, you wind your tongue back in, me. mister. I'm not having any of this. No, no, no. Yeah. So I thought it was quite nice that she was just gently teasing him about it. And Tyrone has also been known to be a bit of a teaser. He spent the last 12... Yeah. 12 uh, 24 months teasing Evelyn about her relationship with uh, Arthur yeah, so yeah. he really should be able to take it so I think it was absolutely fine I for think, Fizz to do that hmm. I thought she was lovely I love Fizz okay I can see what where people were coming from because it was it was laid on very thick it was a it was still in character for Fizz but she was being relentless with it a little bit and she did make fun of him in front of Alina which did not help because mm. he sort of tripped over and she went, ha, 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 you idiot, fell over. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not, you know, it's not clever or funny, is it? Um, the main difference here was that Tyrone wasn't given any back. And normally Fizz and Tyrone would tease each other a bit. And I think they had a bit of a healthy relationship where they would make fun of each other. And it was it was kind of um, marked that he didn't respond or reciprocate at all. And he was just kind of like... Uh, getting really offended. That to me just sat in the classic Corrie tradition of the the woman in the relationship is holding all the cards and comes out on top. It didn't felt. It didn't at all to I, me. I feel... thought it felt like it was pushing a pushing a bit. Yeah, no, um, not And at it all was for me. kind of. It felt like it was deliberately setting her up to alienate him. Oh, it is. It totally is. It's, um, it's which is really annoying because men can definitely stray without being pushed into it by their naggy wives or whatever. Oh, Not that they're married. No. Um, so I think... Um, I th- yeah, he, she was being mean. She was being mean. But they're like that. They're normally like that with each other. But the difference was this time she he was not doing it back to her. I, he didn't think it was funny. It didn't and if somebody, but, mean But the thing is, if, if, somebody's if somebody's making a joke and you don't find it funny, then it is mean. And you need to stop. Uh, Can you see? Yeah, yeah, I guess. But I, I think I, it, where, it, where it, she could have <laughs> just, you know, 
giving read in the riot act for even looking at this girl I, and she didn't <clears throat> yeah but i feel this is a bit more personal level than you do because of the two of us um you're probably the one who'd more likely to uh get somebody to you're you're i'm not gonna catch anyone's eye am i i'm a slug woman <laughs> you're gonna be and i don't i sit here alone who am i gonna seduce the postman who am I going to suggest? You've got all these colleagues that well, I don't have a problem with it, but you you know uh, socially you know more people, therefore you know more women than I do. I think that's and probably the you, only if you thing that I've got mooning, going for me. You're very attractive and you're very funny and you're very kind <laughs> and you're very so. rude. <laughs> but if you came back and you were Not like even Alan Halsall levels of handsome, <laughs> if you came back from work and I thought you were mooning over a girl who was. You know, how old is Alina? 21 or whatever? Something, yeah. I wouldn't go, ha ha. I'd be like, I'm going to cut your balls off and make you eat them. <laughs> she would, everybody. <laughs> I've had this threat before. This isn't new to me. Well, if you would rather be with someone else, I'm not going to make funny jokes about it. I'll leave. Or you can leave. Um, I'm not having it. Right. But you see what I mean? I wouldn't go, ha ha ha. Let's, let's get, let's get because this Because I think I would be worried about it. I know you would, you would. Um, the Yasmin story. I don't even remember what's this happened here. Um, I'm going to do it anyway. Maybe. Um, right. This one. This was the third. This was like. Is this the third person who hates pets this week? Oh yeah, Alia. So Alia's worried that Yasmin is moving a bit fast with Elaine, um, because she's moving in too quickly. And Yasmin's like, "Don't worry about it. Me and Elaine, we've got a bond that you can't begin to understand." And Alia's like, "Okay, good, but not don't don't let her bring Tinkerbell round because I hate dogs." Um, so Elaine brings Tinkerbell round. <laughs> And Ali is, like, really sulking. George comes around to apologise to Yasmin about the other week when he was being pushy. She tries to sell him the community centre, but he says, sorry, I've already bought somewhere else, which is the council property next to Victoria Gardens. Which is what we noticed a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Because they had some scaffolding or something outside the front of it. And I was like, ooh, what's going on there then? Mm. So Elaine and um, Yasmin are chilling with a glass of wine later and she says she's still going to try and sell the community centre and Elaine gives her a little poem about positivity and self-affirmation and stuff and um yeah nice yeah that's so it. I was just really mad with Ali about like hating pets what's her problem I'd like seeing Tinkerbell is Tinkerbell moving on or are they keeping her no because I was she thinking... was being fostered so is she moving uh, Elaine was looking after her while they were finding a home for her and now she's got a home so she's going to stay with someone else oh but Tinkerbell was really she cute was and so I don't even like dogs should we nice. get a dog like that if I got a Pomeranian would you like it I don't know what would you think Abby Abby's just come to join us I think she uh... Abby you're fat now you can take her on <laughs> we had Abby Wade this week she's, she's gone up a little gone bit gone up by she? one kilogram right um Abby Ever After. <laughs> they, that, that, well, this story basically boils down to they're looking for a wedding venue. They don't. Abby's quite excited about the possibility of, be, of being married at Beggar's Paradise, which is an old <laughs> club that she went it to. It sounds when like she was a really younger. romantic location. Well, it's full of graffiti and sick, so she thinks that's perfect for our wedding, Kevin. They go come Listen, back for going to say, see it, and it's apparently mm, been renovated. I, don't oh, I can't believe it. Um, I, I'm not keen on. Um, I'm not that keen on. Theme weddings, but you know it's down to you. Do what you like with your wedding. But ironic weddings in places where they're sick on the floor. Don't get it. I don't get that. That's so taking Ke- it a bit far. Kevin, um, well, Debbie comes along and she's like, "Look, I'm I'm really sorry about everything that's happened with Ray and everything. Why don't you come and get married at 
Ray's old hotel, which is now my hotel. And Abby's like, no, I don't want to marry anywhere associated with Ray, thank you very much. But and it's I'm free. thinking, sorry, Abby, but the only two wedding venues currently available on the street are the Bistro, once owned by Ray, mm-hmm. and the Hotel, once owned mm-hmm. by Ray. Unless yep. you're going to get married in the Speed florist off. shop or something, I mean, afraid you, you're, you're low on options yep. here. So for the rest of the week, is basically Kevin saying, oh, I think we should take Debbie up on the other. And Abby's saying, no, I don't really want to. Yeah. Um, and in the end of the day, they find somewhere else, don't they? Somewhere that's with got... Windows. With windows. With, with lots of windows. And um, Kevin goes to see Debbie to say, oh, look, sorry, we're going to have to turn you down. And Debbie's like, it's fine. Abby's already told me. Also, I've already had inquiries for that day, so... Everything's fine. No hard feelings. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that they're still keeping the uh, animosity between Abby and Debbie, although it's kind of a shame because I like both of those characters yeah, and I, I don't want to take sides, really. I know, it's difficult because... Um, d- like, I'm I'm watching this going, oh, man, Abby's so petty. But I would be this petty if I was her. Yeah. Like, if I had a grudge against somebody, whether... It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. It, it doesn't erase how you feel about it. But you you wouldn't want to get married where somewhere where your whole day was just tinged with you being mad at them. Mm, yeah. I don't think Abby should be forced to get married in either of those places. Kev- Kevin was being very um, blind and deaf to Abby's objections. You know, mm, yeah. it, it, she's got this massive, massive problem with Ray, so they shouldn't have to marry her. I, I'd, I'd like Abby and Debbie to team up at some point, but they for really now it's need quite... to because they're both super cool, amazing heroines of the street, and perhaps they'll have to unite their powers at some point. Um, yes, I am still watching the Marvel films and defeat a common enemy. We're talking about Captain Planet. No, he's a hero. He's going to bring pollution down to zero. What happened there? Failed. Mm, yeah. So there you go. Next story. That's, yeah, Ronnie. He's back. He's living in Weatherfield. He's, oh, moving, he's moving into the in. Rovers. Yeah, moving and, in with um, Jenny. Jenny's such a flirt, isn't she? I love her. I know. I uh, yeah. I I wonder whether anything's going to happen there. And um, oh, I don't. That's not what I was saying. I just no, think that no. Jenny flirts that with everybody. Um, and and Aggie is away because she's seeing her aunt, who's got long COVID. A nice reference. Yeah. And pandemic um, reference. Ed is trying to hide the fact that he's been going out getting drunk with Ronnie because Ronnie's still got a problem with Aggie, and I think we are kind of guessing what's going on here, but I'm we haven't. It's not been revealed yet, and, and that's about it with that. Really, just remind us. It feels it's a warm up to next week. I assume when Aggie may well be back. I don't know. I I like the fact that um. He's at the bit at the uh, living at the pub. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good move. Yeah, I mean, that's it, that room's been vacant since Scott left, I suppose. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I I do like the character. Right? He's quite fun. I've, I've I'm enjoying the Bailey scenes at the moment. He's really breathing new life into the Baileys, which is good because yeah, he has. When they said, "Oh, you know, here's a new Bailey," and I was like, "It's not not Dee Dee, so I'm not interested." So get get me Dee Dee now. Yeah, no, he's he's fun. He's fun. I really, really want them to to not tell us if they cast Dee Dee. I want her to come in as a surprise. Do you? I really need this. I, I, I well, need this. I don't think there's any chance of that happening. No, I'm I afraid. agree with you. So, um, there was a lot. Was there a lot for me to like this week? I'm going to say there was a lot for me to like today. I I think my week kind of was Monday. I thought was okay. Wednesday I thought was the pit and today I was really quite invested in a lot of and looking at the stories that we've got here the the Abby story nothing really happened the Yasmin story nothing really happened the Alina and Tyrone story not much happened and I'm not liking where that looks like it's going the Sean story was a bit you know 
it's so, you know, such a sea story. But it was nice to see Ridgeon again, I suppose. So for me, the, the Simon and Asher and Nina story really carried this week, but it carried it really quite high. Um, God, blimey, this Peter story's got to knock some points off of it, hasn't it? It really, really does. I'm, I would have gone higher, but I think because of that car crash of Wednesday, <clears throat> I'm going to be giving this week um, three pools of sick at Beggar's Paradise out of five. What about you? Well, I have to score this on... I can't score this on what Corey was like, because I can't... To me... You've seemed quite animated discussing it with me this evening, despite the fact that you started off Street Talk saying that you're over it at the moment. I'm over it. Um, I'm over it, so two. Two. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't do it anymore. Two dinner plate sized terrapins. Oh yeah, this is what Alia <laughs> has. childhood pet. Well, yeah. she had a hedgehog as well. Sorry, I, I'm She's sorry if anybody's pets. out there who who has a hedgehog as a pet. But you got you know that they're horrible, don't you? <laughs> they're horrible crapping machines. We 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 have had experience personal with pet experience hedgehogs. with somebody who cannot look after them because they need a lot of looking after. Yeah. Um, so yeah, too because I had a bad week oh, and it so just sad. tinged Cory and already I wasn't that into it. And oh. then and then you get Peter and and Carla again. Okay, no, didn't like it. So who's your character of the week? Um, my character of the week this week. Oh this God, is probably the lowest I've ever ever scored. Don't know whether I want to say Jacob, but he wasn't really. But I mean, he's had it going. <laughs> we, did, we gave it. Didn't we give it to Jacob last week? So I'm not yeah. going to give it to him again. Um, I am going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say. I don't know, everyone annoyed me. I think Nina this week. Oh, I re- I mean, yeah. she, it was mostly today, but um, yeah, I, I really appreciated her honesty. She's very wise. Yeah, her, she is. That's a really good word to describe her, actually. Mm. She's wise, she's she's reflective. Yeah, she's, um, she has emotional maturity. Yeah, I, I really enjoy watching yeah. her. She's got perspective. I like yeah. her. Yeah, I'll give it to her as well. Oh, nice. I like her. Snap. I do think she's becoming more and more white every week. And I'm <laughs> I'm wondering when we're going to start to see, like, you know, the bones and the, the veins. She's going to become translucent. I'm wondering when it's going to be revealed that she's got hepatic encephalopathy. <laughs> And she's actually just a secret alcoholic. She's got, no, she's got complete liver failure. Yeah. Doesn't it make you go? Oh, maybe yellow? somebody. Maybe there's like going to be a story where uh, there's one liver going. Who will get it, Peter or Nina? <laughs> no, you're right. making fun of medical things. This is why I don't like it when things get too real on Coronation Street because we like to make fun of everything, and you can't <laughs> when it's real life. Oh, it's sad. Matter. Right, that's it. We're done. Let's move on. Let's get on to the next section of the podcast. Right, everybody, there was some big, big news on Coronation Street, uh, on the Coronation Street front this week, but sadly it is spoilerific. Do I know what this is? Because I don't think... What is it? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's a Cabin Extra news. We talked about it yesterday. You have a think about it when we talk about it later. But there is some... um, We'll come to that at the end of the podcast because, you know, we are spoiler-free. Apart from the very end of it sometimes, it's been a while since we've had the opportunity to have a Cabin Extra. Chamber is sitting there. She is pondering away. (laughs) She's got no idea what I'm talking about. Well, there is a few other mini mini bits of Coronation Street news that have um, that have come out this week. And the first of it is there's more awards that you can vote for. This is called the Version Soap Awards, and I can't say that I've ever heard of the Version Soap Awards before. But apparently they've been going for a couple of years. 
version, Soap Awards, ring any bells for you? I'm still confused about what secret I know. Well, look, see if, if you, you guys can... want to tell me secrets, go ahead, because apparently I'll forget them <laughs> immediately. If you go to theversion.co, and it's not even co.uk. No, that's a new thing. Is it? Mm. Then you can vote at them. Well, except you can't at the moment because we just tried and the link's dead. So, can um, I just say something this is just, as well? This goes to show how much of a slow news week the minor news stories are. You can There's a vote, there's awards that I've never heard of and you can't actually vote for them and that's <laughs> made our top headline. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say, I don't think anybody is listening to this who is an American podcaster. No, but if you be. are, on that off chance you are, it's not www.website.com co.uk it's .co.uk and every single time I hear an American say .co.uk oh, I yeah, want I to rip my ears off oh yeah I do hear that as well yeah I know it's .co.uk it's not co the problem with his as well is that I didn't write down who's nominated in Korea in this and you can't vote for it I so know that Beverly know. Callard is nominated for something but I don't remember what and well this is fascinating anyway if you want you might have already voted I'm going to move on I just wanted to mention Faye this Brooks. to fill the news Faye Brooks has got news as well this is quite good for her I was quite pleased to hear this this afternoon Jobs are hard to come by in the acting world at the moment, but she's only gone and got herself the top billing role in the next production of... I don't know why I'm speaking in sentences. I think it's because I'm working out what I'm going to say as I say it, not sentences, words. She's going to be Roxy Hart, everybody, in in Chicago, Chicago, which is a bit of a a favourite musical for me and you, isn't it? We do like a bit of Chicago. Um, It must have been, what, five years ago, maybe, now that we went and saw Hayley Tamadden playing the same role. She was (laughs) was fantastic. fantastic That's opening in the autumn. Um, I don't know where. I presume it's touring. Yeah, it's touring around. I don't know where it's going to be. So that will be fun. um, Definitely. And I I think that the role is... It seems to fit her. She's a very... She's a very... um, spirited, bouncy, energetic uh, performer, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, so, really, I'm really, really pleased to hear that news um, today. That, and we that know is, that she dances. She did, well, she dances. She's been on stage yeah, before, hasn't she? she's been trained in that. Yeah, so that's very, very cool. <laughs> is dancing on ice still? I think it I has gone completely gone. That's so, that. And uh, then also the big news, <laughs> the third biggest I don't know why I didn't news. make this the headline this Michael week. Michael wants everyone right, to know. Everybody. Jack Duckworth has come to Coronation Street Words and Design. Oh, yes. We don't get paid for this. This is silly. I want money for this now. So the Coronation Street app that's been going for <laughs> like three months now, um, and it has only been Ken and Bat, the only characters that have been in it. It's been like a desolate post-apocalyptic version of Coronation Street where only two characters have survived. Today, I loaded up my game. There was an update and then... Jack Who Duckworth would pops Jack. up out of the Rover's wow. cellar. Were you excited? I was very excited. It's like, yes, a new character. And I know it's all about the words. And I mean, what, what is keeping me going still with this game is the script, which the I'm words still and design. very, very much enjoying. I mean, the word puzzles are a little bit saved me, to be fair, but I'm really happy to be still playing it. And every time an update comes, and they usually do like an update, you know, once a week or something like that. But I was very, very surprisingly excited to see a new character because I was always wondering who it's going to be. And this and, is where the pandemic has le- led us. Yeah, I know. Um, but it's uh, it was interesting to me, kind of, they've, they've gone for a pop man design of Jack. So it was sort of maybe an early 90s Jack, which now complements the, uh, well, I suppose that there's the 80s kind of style bet in there and the modern Ken. So it's definitely, you know, parallel universe. It's like somebody's got a genie's lamp. Yeah. I, I think that they and need to with reality. I think that they need to put a modern character in next because all three characters were around in Coronation Street 
in the you know the eighties well, and nineties. I don't I don't know really. There's just a bit of a risk that it's going to alienate modern Coronation yeah. Street viewers who maybe don't know who Jack is, don't know who Betters. I don't know whether that. I really, I really, I really want Hilda to go in. I really, really, really hope they do Hilda. I, I don't know who's the most popular Coronation Street character. Is it Carla? I mean, they could bring Carla in. I think she'd be a bit too similar to Beth. I say bring in someone like David or something, or Steve. But then Steve, I mean, was back then as well. I think they need to have somebody that's that's new. Abby. I don't know. I don't think. Jacob. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, Henry. anyway, if you haven't picked up Words and Design for a while. Um, and, well, and if you haven't, if you haven't, that what this ain't going to convince you. No, if you if you're behind, you've still got to work through all the other stuff before you get to Jack. You can't skip to Jack Duckworth. I and, was um, last time I was on it, I was trying to collect Christmas baubles. Yeah, well, I I've now completely finished number one. My Ken's house is completely redecorated, so now we're going to work on the Rovers. And there's like three rooms left, three four rooms left, and then finally maybe we'll get somewhere Suspense. else to go. But it's still going to be like two or three months probably before we get to. I think they could do with picking up the pace of the updates, but I'm still happily plodding along. Um, and well, now now you've started playing this game, you will never stop, will you? I will not. This no. is what you're like. I'm waiting to see if they have some kind of Easter update coming up soon. And or um, like Bunny Day or if you are in, Crossing. Exactly. Oh yeah. No, you want to you want to rip your eyes out. Yeah. Um, if you want to see what Jack Duckworth looks like in Coronation Street Words and Design, because some of some people may say that the character design in the program is somewhat questionable, then you can have a look on our Twitter where I posted a picture of it, and you can tell it's Jack, but. Yeah, maybe not the best drawing that has ever been done. But anyway, that's 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 way too much. That's what's going on in talking. my life, and I still haven't finished the Land Girls by Coronation Street, but I've got about thirty pages left, so I will give some kind of review of it. Maybe next week if I'm finished, but I'm very very busy at the moment. More news coming later. The most exciting news is: Have you figured out what it is yet? I, I, Let is me just scroll down. Somebody who's leaving. Or I'm not coming? telling you because um, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. But what is I'm just it? scrolling down to the news. This is what's oh, happening. Yeah. This is so exciting, stupid. Exciting, isn't it? I think I've got that? brain damage. Right, let's um, move on to the <laughs> feedback first before we do the cabin extra. Here it comes. Feedback time. Other people can complain, not just me. <laughs> there might be some positive oh, comments. Yeah. I'm letting Gemma do a bit of talking. Yeah, my voice is really going funny. I've got a cup of tea that I'm drinking at the moment. I don't know. Michael's having a tough time at the moment because he is teaching. Um, the full class again now oh my gosh, in back the UK. Again. We have well, no, sorry, it? in England we have had the children have all returned to school, and it's the first stage of us coming out of our lockdown. So I don't know how much people know about the UK and well. First of all, each country has their own rules. So England has different rules, and so what what Boris Johnson has done is he's given us different stages, and they're each five weeks apart, and we got to see how it affects things and uh we can like stop if it's going wrong which is a really great idea that would have been helpful like a year ago um but finally they've they've decided to do this so step by step we're coming out of lockdown very slowly first stages schools are back and then you know i think what's the next oh meeting out people outside is 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 another one in a few weeks time but because of the masks Michael's having to shout more to, so the children can hear him. They usually don't need an excuse to shout at children. To be I know, fair. but it must be tough on your it's, um, it is, vocal cords. It is. It's it's weird talking and teaching with a mask on, and and I, I'm I'm finding myself projecting more. It's also very annoying because I'm opening my mouth more, and the mask keeps slipping down over my nose. But I didn't realise, and because I got a student teacher, a PGC student in my class at the moment, and I was sitting observing her doing a lesson the other day. 
And it really did seem muffled. And I was thinking, these poor kids, they've got to listen to muffled teachers. So, anyway. It won't last for long. No, no, no people are getting their fine, vaccines. Maybe maybe my vocal cords are bearing the brunt of a, a proper week back of teaching. A proper, my, first work, my first hard week of work all year. Oh, so hard. We've... um. Also, our parents all had one, at least one vaccine. vaccine oh, yes, so that's have, really nice. You're going to get yours, aren't you? Thank you for outing me. What? Because they're only giving it to people who've got medical conditions who are my age. Thanks very much. Or people well. who are like, count, like my friend who's a counsellor. She got one. Just say that you're a really important person. VIPs only. You're getting your, you're getting your, you're getting your vaccine. Podcasters and other important dignitaries. Anyway, feedback. Average score on a Facebook group last week was 3.34. Fiona gave it 3.5 Miss Subservience 1983s. John gave it four wheels on the bus go round and round CDs. And Richard gave it four big bags of chuffle. Yeah, this that's one of the things that I was going to vote for. We, we, where we have our list of things to score it out of. I had four big bags of or however many big bags of shuffle. And then when we got to score it, I was like, I can't remember what that was about. So Richard told me that that was what Alia, not Alia, Asher and Aldi had given Deb for his birthday. And there was a line from the script. So I've chosen that because that was what I was going to pick. <laughs> Good choice, Richard. iTunes Review, we've got a new one. Right, okay, these, are, these are coming a bit more regularly at the moment. That's nice. Um, Who's this one from? Emma D. Emma D. Emma D. Five. Yes, correct. <laughs> a highlight of every week. Yes, tick. Um, I love this podcast. I've been listening for almost two and a half years and listening to Michael and Gemma discussing all the ridiculous things that go on in Corrie is always a great way to unwind and forget about the ridiculous things that go on in actual life. <laughs> it makes real life seem a bit less ridiculous, I'm sure. Sometimes. As other reviews have said, M&G... That's, that's our cool nicknames. Put a lot of work and effort into the podcast and there is so much great t- content, I can't keep up with it all. Any fan of Cory should join this podcast and its community often makes an average Cory week outstanding. Oh. What a lovely thing to say. Yeah, Thank, you nice. much, Thank you Emma. very much, Emma. Uh, yes, Michael puts all the work in. I don't Ben says... Hi guys, I enjoyed this week's Cory, the 1st to the 5th of March. The drug storyline with Simon, Leanne and Jacob really stood out for me. Although I was never a fan of the Ollie storyline, I found it overly depressing. I really felt for Leanne this week, which is a testament to Jane Danson's performance. I feel as if Simon sees Jacob as a sort of messiah, copying his style and worshipping his new friend. That's interesting. I like the scenes between Paul and Daniel, however I'm hoping Paul and Billy don't reconcile, as I feel that Paul has so much potential without being stuck in a relationship yes, with Billy, where yes, yes. storyline possibilities are very limited. Very good point. Finally, I enjoyed the scenes between Yasmin and Elaine on Friday, although I think Elaine seems to have perked up considerably, considering she was a shivering wreck in December. More Yasmin and Elaine scenes, please, Corey. I'm not... I'm still not loving them. I thought I'd like it more than I did. And I think I was talking last week about this story. Yeah, I mean, being a bit over it now. Which is a shame because it's coming down off such a, a huge high that the coercive control story was on. And, and and again, I loved I loved Elaine at first, but it just feels like it's, it's just meandering a little bit at the moment. But I don't know. I don't know. I had a cute dog in this week, so... Oh. every cloud right Nancy has emailed about her highlights of the week last week she enjoyed Leanne going to see Peter to get help with Simon she enjoyed Jacobs waltzing into Leanne's flat and Leanne's reaction to it she enjoyed the toy a bit she enjoyed Daisy telling da- uh, being told off by Jenny yes I love that too um, Johnny taking his medicine oh, I just want to see more of the Johnny storyline it's been so infuriatingly drip drip drippy the Johnny stuff it really has um, Nancy also enjoyed 
the Paul moving in with Daniel, Yasmin asking Elaine to move in with her, Yasmin saying that she's going to go and get counselling, Nina helping Asha with Dave, Dev's present, Nina showing up at Dev's birthday party and sorting out how she views her relationship with Asha. Hmm. So she gave last week's Coronation Street four rolling pins out of five and also gave Jacob the character of the week. I'm sure that Nancy can join us in our mourning of the loss of Jacob this week. I know. Tell you what, tell you what. Last night, after I'd finished my interview with Jack, I was thinking, and this was playing on my mind quite a lot last night, what if he is killed in in this hospital trip? Because, you know, Coronation Street sometimes does like to spring a death on us, don't they? For for dramatic effect, very rarely. And I I thought, I'm really worried that Jacob's going to be killed off. And then when he wasn't killed off in today's episode, I thought, oh, thank goodness for that. Still and time then, for him to and then, and then we found out that it was it was his last episode and that made me sad again. But oh well. Oh Maybe well. he can be George's first customer. No. <laughs> Rebecca says, Jacob is so naughty. Jack James Ryan is doing a great job of being a little wind-up merchant and I love his facial expressions too. I really hope he doesn't get redeemed. Leanne needs some help, although I did like Simon's scene when he admitted he was hurting too over Oliver. Looking forward to where the story goes. Peter, I bet, is not drinking as that is what they want you to think. However, I don't have a clue as to what he's doing. I still maintain that doing jigsaws isn't on Carla's wavelength. I also enjoy the Yasmin story and I was glad that Tim didn't want the shares or the house but that Elaine is buying them and she and Yasmin are moving in together. I predicted that in the prediction show, so I was happy. I still think Alia and Ryan could be on the rocks, though I liked how Alia wanted Yasmin to go back before she met Jeff. So do we, Alia. I also liked Sally and Elaine scenes too. Love Nina and Asha, although Nina realising she needs to let go of her insecurities will either get put on the back burner for a, some, for a few weeks or something will happen to push them apart for a bit. Good prediction. I also love RD and love the scene with Nina in Roy's roles. Dev and Mary were also brilliant this week and as well loved Dev saying he was on Cloud Eleven. I also loved Asha saying I love you to Nina. So glad Johnny has started taking his meds again and listened to Jenny. Daisy's a cow. I'm glad Jenny told us straight. Also loved Jenny flashing her wedding ring and saying she was married. Ed taking Paul on is sweet and also loved Ed this week as well. Do long I do wonder how long Paul and Daniel the Paul and Daniel living arrangement is going to go on for. So I'm expecting Paul to crawl out to call back to Billy anytime soon. Tyrone and Alina boring although Ty's showing that remorse at the end of Friday's episode I'm wondering if it's Alina who will be the one to do the chasing and be a bit of a bunny baller towards Tyrone I hope that Sarah doesn't find out about this <laughs> I really hope we see Evelyn soon as I miss our sarcasm finally I do enjoy the Sean story even though I understand some people don't it was also good to see Todd again we saw Ridian once for our Zoom call so maybe we'll get to see that, uh, him again Character of the week is Jacob, and I give it four. Don't pee on Ginny's chips and tell her it's vinegar out of five. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, well, um, I, what Rebecca was saying there about Evelyn was right, and that's reminded me that earlier this year, Maureen Lippman said that it was, she was taking a little break from Corey, wasn't yeah. she, until she got a COVID jab. So I'm thinking that that's probably what we're well, seeing at the moment. Well, she also had her de- her partner. Yeah, yeah, of course. Die, so, um, so that might have changed. Yeah, things. with this story coming up between Fizz and Tyrone, it. It will Feels be weird like, not to have yeah, Evelyn in it, missing. really. She, mm. We need her there, kind of telling Tyrone, like, reading the riot acts. Maybe the fact that she's away <laughs> gives him more of a free reign yeah. to uh, Well, this is like when, um, when Sylvia buggered off right when Hayley was mm, dying. It mm. feels weird. Yeah, it does. She's needed. Come mm-hmm. back soon. And Anne's Hope and Ruby, bring them back. Yeah. Come on. Come on. 
Right, um, the final bit of feedback this week comes from Richard, who says that the last few weeks have been, been a bit up and down for him, um, but he has been pleasantly surprised by how he's bought into the Leanne, Simon and Jacob drugs cuckolding storyline. I think that's what, what, how I would describe it as well, pleasantly surprised. When I hear that there was a drug storyline coming up and when it was to do with Simon, I was very kind of and hesitant about it but I'm, I'm invested much more than I thought it would be Richard says it's dark and I suspect it will become much darker but he's finding it engaging he has also written us a short tribute Aww. to um, Mike Baldwin Johnny Briggs um, after his death recently he said because I started watching the show as a very young lad in the mid 70s I remember when Mike Baldwin first appeared right from the outset he was a cocky Jack the Lad moving a bassy br- brassy bet in as his housekeeper slash lover, conveniently forgetting to tell her he already had a common law wife in London, until said common law wife turning up looking up for him, turned up looking up for him, and he had abandoned her and the kids. I forgot that about Mike. As a token southerner coming into a northern dominated soap, Mike brought a different dynamic and had an accent which was easier for me to understand as a fellow southerner. <laughs> the rivalry with Ken, which started in the early eighties when he pursued Ken's wife Deirdre, and then Ken's daughter Susan, is well documented. But my f- most fondly remembered scene involving Mike is one which appeared very close to the end of his tenure. Mike's Alzheimer's was starting to become apparent and there was a particularly subtle but heart-wrenching moment in the Rovers when he wanted to order a pint of beer. He couldn't recall the word for beer, not that particular brand, but just the word beer itself. Aww. I think I have vague memories of that, actually, I think. He says, rest well, Johnny Briggs, MBE, and thank you for 30 years of Mike. Oh, that was a really nice tribute. That was a lovely tribute, much better than anything that we put together last yeah. week, which was, um, yeah. Anyway, very much appreciated. Thank this you is why we like our lovely listeners and all their feedback that they give us. And we are hoping that if you um, have any strong opinions about anything that we discussed this week, you will let us know. I really, 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 really want somebody who's enjoying the Carla and Peter storyline to write into us and tell You're us wrong. Really tell wrong. us soft. Tell us, I know I'm going to lose my voice tomorrow. Tell us off. Tell us why it was great, please. Don't be mean, though. You don't need to be mean. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got a new Patreon again this week. Oh, yeah. We're, thank Victoria. you so much. We're doing really well on thank Patreon. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're doing Patreon. at the moment. It's so good. You guys don't know. This is such a nice safety net for us to have. Um, I really appreciate all you guys who support us on Patreon. And also, everybody that listens who can't do Patreon, um, just the fact that you... You listen, help our numbers and help us reach new people. And if you interact with us on social media, especially Twitter and, and things like that, really helps um, to get the name Get, get the word there. and the name so, out. You know, we've been going for eight and a half years now and people um, still haven't heard the great word. I don't know whether Bill Roach knows who we are yet. So. We need to go and sit in his conservatory and ask him questions we about do. Ken. Ken's, Ken's, Ken's Bill's conservatory. Yeah, that We've has seen been... It. It's been teased that's been, you during know, the lockdown. I said... Honestly, it's giant portrait... I want one of those done of me. <laughs> I found the I found the guy who's the artist, and I really want to know how much they cost. Ring him up. Ring him up. Say that you are Barbara now? Knox. Oh, yeah, but then I'll get a picture of Barbara Knox. I don't want that. I want a picture of me. <laughs> no, just say that, you know... This is you, what I used to look like Barbara when I was young. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, just say that you put on... It's a wig and a makeup to make you look like that on Corrie. Um... <laughs> We're going to have to think of a better story. Gemma, we need to get on with our cabin extra soon before right, my voice listen. completely goes. So tell us, please, yes. how can people get in touch with Conversation Street should they feel the If they've got some kind of urge, you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find us at conversationstreet.podbean.com. Review us on iTunes. Join the many hordes of satisfied and happy customers who all think we're the bee's knees. 
um, Instagram, we've got one of them where we, Michael does his cry emojis. Please support Michael's cry emojis. He spends so long doing them and he right. shows I them haven't to me. done my cry emojis. Usually, by now, my cry emojis are pretty much done or maybe I've done three out of the four of them and I say, wait this to see if there's anything that... for Friday night. But I have not got any clue what my cry emojis are going to be this week. If I was to describe you in one word, it would be diligent. Dedicated, yeah. So I think that... People, you you really you really put a lot of work into those cry emojis. I don't know why because they're fun. Okay, they get quite a lot of likes People on Instagram. Like more them. more on Instagram than Twitter. Please support Michael's um, diligence. <laughs> We're on Spotify, We're on Facebook. We have got a secret group where we talk about you behind your backs. <laughs> yes, you better join. Does so, um, so make a stop? We don't really. We talk about what did we talk about this week? I told her, yeah. What did we talk about this week? Drugs? I can't remember. We have a great time. YouTube and Patreon, where you can get loads of bonus podcast stuff. Victoria is going to enjoy all of our bonus episodes, and um, you could too if you join our Patreon. And don't forget, we've got a special discount where if you subscribe for a year for any of our tiers, you get one month free. That Right, now we're going to do our cabin extra. Spoiler alert! And I've remembered spoiler, spoiler, what it is spoiler. now. You have remembered, you don't I scrolled down and showed you. Know, then you should have stopped listening already. We're going to give you a bit of time. You might be in the shower, turn the speaker off, or quickly run out, turn the tap off, don't, don't waste water. Are you ready? We're going to tell you there's, there's a secret that you don't know about, and it is... Sharon is coming back. Sharon Bentley slash Gaskell is coming back. I am so, so, so thrilled about this news. She's played by Tracy Bennett. And um, I I was so, so utterly chuffed and cheery and excited when this news broke the other day. So back at the beginning of the year, there was, um, I think in one of Ian McLeod's spoiler um, discussions about what was coming up in 2021, he talked about somebody who was linked to Rita returning to the show um, this year and there was speculation about who that could be and some people were saying oh, maybe, maybe it's Sharon I don't know I can't think of who else it could be I hope it's Sharon Sharon is not someone that's left that let, <sighs> the, the let down but I never let myself you know get fully invested or believe that it could possibly be her because that would just be too perfect for me um, because I really really like the character of Sharon even though she has I mean she's not been in the show loads has she and, and you've seen her a little bit from the early 80s um, and I, I think when I mentioned her to you, you'd kind of forgotten who she was because it was a while since, ago since we saw it. But I do remember at the time, you know, last year when we were watching this, you, you, you sat up and noticed her. She was, she made a bit of an impression. She's got really lovely, expressive eyes. She's um, very, she's a bit like Debbie Webster in a way, isn't she? In her kind of spunkiness and. Um, I'm just so, so excited to to have her back. So if anyone, I've been talking about her so much so far and I haven't really said who she is, but basically she was Jenny Bradley before Jenny Bradley came along, a foster daughter of Rita and Len back in, I don't know, 1980? I don't know. It would have been Four, before three. he died. Oh yeah, very good points. It must have been like 1982 or so. <laughs> um, and she she was just great. She was just fun and feisty and... Yeah, she was in it She was in it between 82 and 84 and then she came back in 99 and now she's back again. Yeah, I mean, she, she, was, just, she was just fun. She's just one of these actresses, Tracy Bennett, who lights up the screen and makes you sit up and pay attention. I, say, I don't know how more I can 
can describe her. She's just got something about her. She's just got a spark. And if you haven't seen Tracy Bennett in anything before, if you haven't seen the character of Sharon Sharon Bennett, because she, she was Sharon Gaskell, I think I think of her as Sharon Gaskell, then um, trust me, you're in for a treat because she's fab. Unless, I mean, it's been over <laughs> 20 years since the character's been in it. Who knows whether, is she going to be similar to how she was before? But I mean, well, they might have changed the character. At the end mean, of the yeah. day, it is the same actress, and she was wonderful. And um, and I remember watching the repeats of the early nineteen eighties episode back on Granada Plus in in the late nineties, and just as they were showing the the repeats with with her in the eighties, that was around the time that the character came back in nineteen ninety nine, like you said. So it was quite cool to that I didn't. Everyone else had to wait you know, 15 years or so in between Sharon appearances, whereas for me, it was pretty much concurrently her two, her two stints. Um, she, she, that basically the story goes that, the, the last that we saw her was, she was, she came back in 1999. She had this boyfriend, Ian, who was having it off with Natalie Horrocks or Natalie Barnes or whatever she I was at was that point. was her husband. Hmm? Ian was her husband. Well, yeah, she met, she married him. Yeah, okay. She, she was having, he was having an affair with Natalie. She finds out and I and think marries she, him. <laughs> she, she, she marries him and then, but then dumps him. That's a silly thing. When, to it, do. when she finds out about it, I think there was some wedding jilting or confrontation. <laughs> or something. I think maybe they got married, but then what a then silly she lady. Him with a bouquet or something. Good for her. Um, and uh, and then she Rita bequeathed. Sharon, her um, the the cabin. Can I just say, there's a lot of people waiting for Rhea to die so they can get her. I know, I know. Her riches. It's, yeah, she won't go. It's gonna be a battle, isn't it, between yeah. between Sharon, between Jenny, Sally. I bet she could reckon. Well, that she, Sally, yeah. yeah. This is the thing. Watching Coronation Street really feels to me like the story of Rita is just a just a, a succession of people trying to get their hands on her money. Yeah, her her Ted money. Yeah. <laughs> so um. So Sharon had the, the, the cabin. She then gets back with Ian and decides, well, I'm going to move down south with him. I don't need the cabin anymore. I'm going to sell it. So Rita's given her this shop and now Sharon's going to sell it. So Rita's not happy. Rita has to buy it back off Sharon. So the way things are at the moment <laughs> is that, that Rita... mistake. And well, Sharon is not really in Rita's good books, basically. Nobody so. that Rita's ever given money to has ever ended up in her good books. Mm. So I'm so, so looking forward to seeing what Rita's reaction is to seeing Sharon. And it's very reminiscent, I suppose, of when Jenny came back into the show five, six yeah. years ago, because she, again, the she last time... She was estranged. She was estranged because of money. Yeah. And um, and it took a lot for her to get back in Rita's good books. But It's I'm, I'm weird guessing... to me that, that but, uh, Rita's never really noticed how much trouble her her kind of wealth has has brought her because of of all the characters on coronation street who have money she's by far been the one who's been targeted the most yeah, for people right. that feel entitled to it yeah uh, and none of these people are blood relations either which is quite unusual mm. what I, what i'm most 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 looking forward to out of all of this though is the potential um jenny and Sharon scenes, the two foster daughters who have never met each other before, no. each one of them, you know, going to be laying a claim on Rita. Yeah. And um, getting their nose, putting their nose out of joint, getting jealous. We, we have got two fantastic actresses um, with Sally Ann Matthews mm. and Tracy Bennett. They're both brilliant and they, they really need to lean into they the. They need to like get the claws out. The kind of sibling ish 
rivalry. Yeah. I mean, it would be really nice if we could have them sort of meet each other and like one another and mutually respect and admire one another and um, thrive right. in the sisterhood. But I don't want to watch that. It'd be boring. I want to see them fight. <laughs> I don't know whether it's going to be a bit like Debbie and Abby, where it's like, I kind of want both of them to win. Well, I like both Who of them do, and they're very similar. Whose side do I choose mm. here? But that that's going to be so, so, so much fun. I think there's whole lot of potential there um really can't wait I, I don't even know whether they said when she was coming in is it next month or the month after i'm not sure but um yeah it, it's gonna be good i'm i've not been this happy for a return for a long long time and i really 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 hope that this, they don't let me down i have to say i feel this is somewhat i think coronation street is pretty good at doing quite left field eccentric returns the Debbie Webster is a re- yeah. recent case in point, it's isn't like it? Like who, who was, who who was clamoring for back? Debbie Webster to come back? No, no one really. Um, but she, you know, I completely trust their judgment here because they did such a brilliant job with Debbie. Mm. Um, and I think that she's um, Sharon's going to be. Uh, She's going to put the cat among the pigeons. She's going to blah, 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 all uh, of the things. I, I wonder whether say. she's going to be villainous or not, because Jenny, they've obviously, she 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 left as, you know, a little bit, little bit of money grabbing maybe in 93, well, came back and was re- redeemed. Is Sharon going to be redeemable or is she going to have spent the last 20 I... years plotting how to, you know, <laughs> take down Rita in the cabin that she feels is rightfully the hers thing and is... she wants it back? It's all very well to condemn these people for being opportunistic, but they all come from very troubled um, backgrounds where they didn't have opportunities at all. So, of course, they're going to capitalise on anything. And and it makes sense to me that she attracts these people, Rita, because she's a very maternal figure and she is quite generous. Mm. And, and um, unfortunately, that tends to attract people that are after your cash it does indeed and I, d- I certainly also don't think that there's um anything wrong with somebody um hoping to gain from a relationship if the other person is willing to give mm. can you see yeah absolutely but but rita's not you know not always very so keen to to hand the cash out because she that's why she fell out with um with Jenny, because Jenny expected too much of her, didn't she? And yeah. she, she kind of demanded that Rita in, invest in a business idea that she had. And yeah, Rita refused. On. And then she, she went off on a huff with a thousand pounds or whatever. Mm. And then, you know, in the next minute, Rita's like showering money on Sally and, and Kevin and then getting annoyed when she can't name the next child after <laughs> her or whatever it is she wanted. Yeah. I, I, this is great. I mean, we, we, with... Um, with Sue Devaney coming back, Devaney Devaney coming back and being such a great success, I got a lot of trust that this is going to be good. I mean, e- even having her somehow is shoehorned into the story could be good. It's just really nice that these these names from the eighties. I mean, Jenny was obviously the biggest name out of the three of them that are now back in the show. Jenny, Debbie, um, now Sharon. I mean, we we have had Gina as well, obviously, haven't we? Not played by the same original actress, but uh, I'm I'm really enjoying this eighties revival. <laughs> I wonder who there is left to come back. I know. I mean, maybe. I mean, the the, the, the Clayton sisters are going to be there. And then, but, and then Jane Hazelgrove is going to have to play two characters Can't at once. So I don't it. know. Right, so we've got a quote and then we'll finish off a couple of quotes. So um, Tracy has said, I'm absolutely thrilled to be returning to the Cobbles. It's a dream come true for me. I had such an amazing time there and I'm looking forward to working with Barbara again and getting my teeth into the storylines they have planned for Sharon. I'll say I was excited about the, the potential of 
Sharon and Jenny. But I'm actually quite looking forward to having more Rita because we've had so little mm. Rita, haven't we, over the past couple of years. She barely made any appearances at all. And the fact that we get Rita in a storyline, and it's not going to be, you know, the odd episode, is it? She's No, no. I also wonder what her relationship's going to be with Gemma because Gemma's like the third... Uh, fake foster child yeah yeah that's true that's true uh, Tracy continued I was first approached about coming back 18 months ago can you believe it? 18 months Could have had two I kids was by keen her. and excited to see what it was in store but my work schedule and then the pandemic has meant that it's taken till now for it all to come together I'm so pleased that I can finally <laughs> tell everyone it's been hard trying to keep it a secret I, I bet it has for 18 months I bet so many tell people me. have known as well um, I'll just forget. This is also good. Not only are we going to get more um, Rita, but we'll also get more Jenny. And I know she's kind of... She has been on it more, thanks to the Johnny storyline, but it's been more of Johnny's storylines than Jenny. Yeah. And, and she's been the supporting... We, we, don't, we don't know that this is even going to go down the route of a Jenny storyline necessarily, but... It I really mean, doesn't make surely, sense surely, that Jenny wouldn't like, feel threatened yeah. by this. Uh, I mean, well, at, the, at the end of the 10,000th episode, Rita yeah. was saying, you're, you're the best daughter. daughter. Yeah, you're the, yeah. the best daughter I could have oh. ever wished for. And now Sharon's going to come in yeah, thinking, hello, like it's that. me, your 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 prodigal daughter. It especially won't like it considering that she's already feeling very vulnerable with Johnny and feeling mm. like she's lost and adrift and, you know, takes Rita for granted both, well, it used to be financially, now probably more emotionally as like her, you know, her rock and her, yeah. her, her surrogate mother. And then, you know, to be usurped by the original. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. I know, I know. Ian's, Ian McLeod says, it's incredibly exciting to see someone of Tracy's calibre revisit a role so rich in history and with such a complicated psychology. I think we, we didn't, what we didn't pick up earlier was just how, you know, big Tracy is. I mean, she's she's got some she's, awards now. She's, she's quite slight. Yeah, she, she's won Olivier Awards, don't you know, for her roles in the West End. She's done lots of... Um, She's done lots of uh, big musicals big shows there, musical yeah. things. She's she's got awards for She Loves Me and Hairspray. She was also nominated for a Tony Award. That's right, yes, Tony. Tony Award. Tony, not the one that rhymes with that. Playing Julie Garland in The End of the Rainbow on Broadway. What she, rhymes with Tony? The Joni Awards. It's oh, not that we don't okay. call it that anymore. Um, she was also Madame Thénardier in um, Les Mis in 2006-2007. So that's the, the innkeeper's wife. I'm sure she was great there. So uh, oh. she, she's done lots of other TV. She's done, done things like Scott and Bailey. She's done Casualty. Oh, I wish I could she, sing. She's, she's a pretty, oh, you know, th- this is a bit of a coup. When when the rumours were going around or the, the speculation was going around that they got Sharon back, I thought, I, I don't know whether Tracy would, whether she'd want to go back. I think I don't know whether she's oh, moved on you? or whatever. So, oh, I'm just so excited about this. So he says, Sharon would, Sharon's... Returns. Yeah, Sharon returns. Oh, Sharon returns across some badly burned bridges to reconnect with Rita, but very quickly her presence becomes destabilising and extremely dangerous in ways I hope the viewers won't see coming. The big question is, what has her life become since she was last on the street? The answer to that question will drive a massive story for us, which runs into summer and beyond. I wish I hadn't read any of that. Why? That's that was vague. They've said that. No, it's it gonna... wasn't. It that like was totally there vague. will be a twist. Try to guess what the twist will oh, be. Oh, it says it's a massive story. That's exciting stuff. I, I, wow. I, I, yeah, I wish I hadn't read any of that. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't, don't worry, I'll forget it, it tomorrow. You, 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 you <laughs> couldn't even remember that she was coming <laughs> back half an hour ago. So don't worry, you won't remember any of this. Anyway. I hope that you're as excited as I am for this. And if you didn't know anything about Sharon Bentley, I hope that I've at least, you know, made you realise that this is potentially something quite exciting that's coming. She was just a small character in it for a few years in the 80s, a few years in the 90s. But from when I watched it, she really, really did. You know, she's one of these 
ones to watch, honestly. Well, it also She's sounds back. like they're not going to be you know, expecting you to, you know, her return to rely completely on nostalgia and people to be like, oh, I'm so glad she came back and there's no story. It's just like, look at this girl who mm. used to be in it. So, I'm wondering how many other characters that are in the show now were actually in it in 1984. There weren't many because I don't Ken. think... I, yeah, Ken, obviously. I don't <laughs> know right, whether... Don't I don't think Kevin and Sally were in it back then. I think they were... Well, we need to look it up. A bit later. So she's... Yeah. Oh, it's Very so exciting. Um, uh, Did Debbie know her? No, I don't think can't she... Can't wait... I don't know. For, for the, for, to guess and guess and guess until we get it right and then get annoyed. That say it was taking, too obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are our own worst enemies on the show and you are part of the problem, if you're listening. <laughs> Is that the end of the podcast? That could be the end. Yeah, I just want be. to say once more, thank you, thank you, thank you to Jack James Ryan for joining me on the podcast this week for an interview. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. He, he was such, such a lovely, nice guy and I wish him all the very, very best for his career. Or and maybe I wish him the worst so that he'll come back to Corrie when to he Corrie. doesn't find any job. I, th- I don't know, yeah. <laughs> don't be such a bitch! Oh, I want to come back this to is, Corrie You're so putting much. your foot in it. We support everybody and we love everybody. He deserves to do well. He is a great and talent. we think you're all great. Yes. And we want you to come back and listen to next week's. Yes, and I, and I hope that Gemma will enjoy Coronation Street next week more. Something needs to change. Well, we'll find out on next week's Conversation Street. So we'll see you then. (laughs) Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com.